We are hosting today's broadcast from the lands of the Karingai people. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Scores, expert comment and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Good morning, everyone. I'm Ray Thomas. Welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend and a show with a little bit of a difference today because right alongside me, my co-host and good friend Dean Ritchie has put up with me on a Sunday morning for 100 shows. Dino, good morning, and they said we'd never last. <laughs> yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning, everybody. 100 shows together. How you do it, mate? A couple of dribblers from the Telegraph <laughs> Sports section come together on a Sunday morning and somehow been a bit of bumble fun, our right? way through. Yeah, been a bit of fun. And oh, lots it, of fun. And COVID sort of um, forced that this partnership, I guess, so to speak, because um, uh, Neil Breen had to uh, leave and he took up a job in Brisbane, um, which effectively um, open the door for you to be the next person to come in, Dino. I've, I've been through a few um, co-hosts over the years, but they've all gone they on a bigger... They warned me. They've all gone on bigger and better things, they my said, friend. said, just watch the pack. <laughs> watch the night <laughs> of the all, long knives. They've all gone on to bigger and better things. And Except given, me. Yeah, exactly. Well, given your <laughs> multiple, multiple skills and your various... Gigs that you've got on electronic and print media, I think you've gone on to bigger and better things, don't you? But well, it's we, been fun, isn't it? It has been. Been lots of fun, lots of great guests. We're not, um, talking, not talking past tense, though, are we? We're, no, no. We're continuing no, we're on. Continuing. The amount of people that stop you and just have a yak ray during a week who listen to the show, mm. it's, it's really heartwarming to know that people are out there and they're listening and you know, hopefully they're enjoying it. And as I said, I know you at the races get um, bailed up multiple times every week. Mm. And, and uh, we should say um, thanks to all. Our listeners, a lot of them have been with us for right from the start, and it's reflected in our, our ratings. They've, they've consistently gone up in the last 12 months, and so I appreciate all those people who do listen in, and, and I appreciate working along this side, this man every Sunday, because his knowledge of sport, and particularly rugby league, is unquestioned. And Dino will quickly go through some scores for round 19. Back on Thursday night, we were out there, the Broncos 36, the Eels 14. I'll ask you about the Eels in a sec. Uh, the, the Dragons gave Anthony Griffin a much-needed win, 20 points to six against an injury-depleted Manly. The Roosters, Luke Keary returned. Gee, weren't they good, Dino? The Roosters 42, um, defeated the Knights 12. Uh, and then yesterday, Canberra down 14-0 at half time. A perfect second half, you know, 22 sets completed. They scored 26 points to nil. One 26-14 against the Warriors. 
Penrith had to come from behind. They were down 10-0 early, then scored 20 unanswered points to to defeat the Sharks, 20 points to 10 out there at Penrith. And South Sydney, 24 um, versus Melbourne, 12. Rabbitohs never looked in trouble there. Melbourne's fourth consecutive loss. Two games to complete round 19. Dino, Bulldogs against the Titans, Cowboys and the Tigers. But firstly, Dino, back to Thursday night. And Parramatta, where are they at? Yeah, they're at the crossroads, I think, right? No doubt they're a good football team, but they just seem to have that that inability to uh, conquer the sides that they need to beat to be genuine contenders. But they beat Penrith and they beat Melbourne every time. Yeah, correct. <laughs> but they just yeah. every time Parramatta, you think they're going to be good enough to win the comp, Ray, mm. they give you a setback. You can't trust them on form. A couple of contentious decisions in that game last night, which we may run through. But, gee, the Broncos, Ray, mm. they have shocked everybody. And is there going to be a time, and it might be right here, right mm. now, where one of us says that, yes, they can win the Premiership? I think watching the Broncos and watching the Cowboys are a breath of fresh air. Both teams play good, exciting footy. They've got some terrific young talent in both their sides. And and it's good for Queensland Rugby League because both teams last year were really struggling. But they're now challenging for top four spots and should get there now. And both playing great footy. Um Dragons, I know Manny were injury to play, but a much-needed win for St. George. But the way, St. George will the way it's looking, Dino, um, the top seven look pretty much decided now. Then there's effectively four teams battling it out for that eighth spot. The Roosters, Manly, Canberra and St. George Illawarra. What do you think? Who gets the eighth spot? Oh, gee, I, I've said the Roosters are a good team mm. for many years now, Ray. And again, they proved that against Newcastle. Uh, this weekend, I think they might be the one that gets it. As for that game on Friday night, I thought Ben Hunt was good again. Manly were knocked about by COVID. Uh, but I was glad for Anthony Griffin. There had been a lot of pressure on Griffin, unfairly, I thought, during the week about this perceived board meeting, which was supposed to be scrutinising him, which can you, didn't. Can you just explain what happened there, Dino? Well, there's not much to explain, right? There was suggestions that he was under pressure at a board meeting, and Craig Young, the chairman, told me that he wasn't under any pressure at a board meeting. Uh, and if there are leaks in the camp, and the Dragons seem to think that there could be a leak or two, mm. big Craig Young with a big menacing face. Mm. If you're leaking and you're a St. George Illawarra player, look out, Big Albert's going to chase you down. <laughs> so what's layers for that? Well, they're not happy. Mm. They feel that someone is going to the media, and uh, if they find out who it is, I think they might be showing the door. Do, nothing you, have, do worse. you have any idea? Or? Oh, I've got a fair idea, Ray, mm. who it is. But nothing worse than people leaking internally. You're supposed to be a one-in-all-in mentality in rugby league. And I interviewed Michael Wayman, the former Dragons prop. And he said, you know, St. George Illawarra is a family, and mm. family don't do that to each other. That's very interesting. You mentioned the Roosters. And I think at the start of the year, you thought the Roosters could win the premiership. They look to be building really well. And Luke Keary's return, he was outstanding. Kalen Ponga, though, another concussion in their night's loss to the Roosters, 42-12, Dino. Yeah, third concussion in the past six weeks, Ray. Mm. And he's gone for, I think, five HIA tests this season. It's deeply concerning. Mm. Deeply concerning. Cause this it didn't bloke, look much, did it? But I know it's a much silly it, thing to say when a person gets concussion, and I don't want to sound the wrong thing, but it looked an innocuous little flick across the face. Could he have done it when his head hit the ground, maybe? I don't know. I looked closely. It didn't look like his head hit the ground. Matt yeah. Lodge was charged, Ray, but it was a, a low charge, low-grade yeah. charge, and it was a fine only. But that's what happens sometimes when you get multiple concussions. Mm. They seem to be innocuous, Ray. 
and that's when you start to get concerns, when the innocuous ones are yeah. causing uh, such uh, issues for a player. He's a superstar of our game. He's a good-looking rooster, Ray. He's marketable. Mm. And he is a bloke we need on oh. the field. And he showed in Origin 3 what a, a sensational player he is under pressure. Um, Luke Keary, his return was outstanding. No Manu. When Manu's there and Keary's there and Walker's there, how do you fit him all in? I think you fit him in by Manu going back to centre. Okay. As much as I do like him as a 5'8", mm. I think Joey Manu's at his absolute premium when he's got the ball in his hands. But I think while Keary's available, Walker's the future. I think Manu just has to cop going back to uh, mm. to, uh, to the right centre. Now, breaking news out of the Canberra Warriors game, and Marg has let me know most importantly, morning most interesting injury out of the Raiders game was the coach, Ricky Stewart, tearing his calf muscle. Yeah, God bless Ricky. He was on the sideline as he does... Ray, and when Corey Harawira at Naira scored his second try, Ricky's jumped up, <laughs> done a little bit of a dance, and gone boom. I think his calf muscle went. He's 55, Rick. Now, Old man's so, injury, that one. Yeah, yeah, Jack Whiten on Fox called him a fossil after it, oh, which would go down well. No how, good was, how good was Jack Whiten's second half? He was Dana? super. Yeah, he was outstanding. Super. But they're a good team, Canberra. They're hanging in there. Whiten the star again, but we'll see whether Ricky's back next week or whether it's a... He's out for a week or two, the great yeah. man. He might have to go back up into the grandstand just to calm down. Exactly. Because the races were abbreviated yesterday, one race then, I got home in time to watch Penrith and Cronulla. And, and Rod from Nowra is texting, are you proud of the Sharks last night? They had no ball, um, only had seven tackles in, uh, inside Penrith's 20 metres. They had to score two tries and tackle like they did. We will win big games. Kick our shoulder charge, no penalty. I'll get your thoughts on that. Um, Rod says he's not scared of playing Penrith with even possession. 20 points to 10. Panthers scored 20 unanswered points, but the Sharks showed they are going to be hard to beat in the finals. They're a good side. Yeah, they're a gnarly side, right? They weren't like that a few years ago, but they're real tough. Mm. And they really took it to Penrith, and Penrith had to find a way to win, but that's their great skill. That's the art of the Panthers at the moment, Ray, finding a way. Nine straight wins. They love the tough games now, Penrith. They really love to mm. get in the armrest or they love being challenged. And you know, they are clearly the superior side in the second uh, in the NRL. I just wonder, Ray, is there a side that can compete with them in the finals? Cronulla showed last night they can compete with them, but finals are a different story. Uh, Cowboys? Potentially. Broncos? Possibly. None of them are convincing me, though, that they can topple Penrith in a big okay, game. Okay, I'll put two more to you. South Sydney? who are on a roll, four straight, winning six there last seven. Latrell Mitchell was, had a relatively quiet game, but he injected himself at times, and just when he did, he made those moments count. 24-12 against the Storm team, which has lost their last four. A Storm going, obviously they're going the wrong way. A South emerging as a title threat. Here's the two questions from last night, right? Mm-hmm. Are Melbourne gone and can South win the title? Yeah, yeah. And I think last night there were some answers that we did get. Uh, you said Latrell was quiet. I thought he had some brilliant touches, Ray. He's, his skill level, he's just a... a phenomenal. He's a natural. Mm. He, he reminds me of a, a Brett Kenny. The things he does on a football field, just amazing. But look, Ray, I've written Melbourne off many times over many years and I'm not going to fall into that trap again. No Pappenhausen, no Brandon Smith, no Xavier Coates. Smith and Coates will be back. I'm not going to write them off mm. just yet, but gee, they're struggling. They are struggling, yeah. Hey, Dan, a couple of things. You wrote a, um, an article, I think it was Friday morning, about Tommy Trebojevic, Turbo, um, potentially making it back for the finals. And obviously it's a World Cup year and the Kangaroos, he'd be automatic inclusion if he was fit 
and back in form. But I guess it all hinges on Manny actually making the eight, Dino. Yeah, it certainly does. He wants to be back by week two. He thinks he can do that. And if he does get some game time, then you would imagine he'd be picked on the Kangaroo Tour for the World Cup. The interesting one, though, Ray, would be if Manly don't make it. And by week two, Tommy says, I'm fit, I'm healthy, I've been past fit medically. What does Mal Meninga do? Do you pick him? He's, he's one of those special talents, isn't he? I, I would. He's like a Latrell. He's if a he's superstar. And he's ready to go. You, you just take him, don't you? There's six games, assuming we make the final. You wouldn't mm. play Tom in every every game. You could ease him back in off the bench. Two or three games, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But I, I think you, he wants to go. Whether Manly let him go, that's another mm. key issue in all this. Do they say, yes, go and play on the heavy grounds in England with your hammy? Or do you get right back home and be prepared for round one? Yeah, it's really interesting. But good luck to... Tommy Turbo, and certainly Manly do need him. Cameron Seraldo, every week there's another story about him potentially leaving Penrith. When I was driving home yesterday, I was listening to Brian Fletch on the radio, and he, he did say that he's um, in his current contract, which has him staying at Penrith until 2023, he does have a get-out clause, but he must exercise that get-out clause by memory, Dino, by November 1. If he doesn't, then he's locked in for 2023. What's the latest with Seraldo? And there's talk. The Bulldogs and taking Steve Crichton with him. Yeah, it's a funny one, right? There's a lot of scuttlebutt, and generally where there's smoke, there's fire in the rugby league media. Uh, the Bulldogs and Soraldo are saying nothing, but the mail keeps getting stronger that he will be at the Bulldogs. But as you say, he has to let Penrith know by November 1. That's correct, is it? Uh, one. I know Cameron, he's a man of honour, and I've got no doubt that he's keeping Penrith abreast of everything that's going on. Uh, Gus on Twitter was asked. Uh, has Seraldo met with the board? He said no. Mm. So, look, it's a watch this space, right? If I was a betting man right now, I'd have a couple of bob on Seraldo being the long-term Bulldogs coach. Yeah, interesting, yeah. Hey, Dino, you probably can't answer this, but um, we know we're in a third wave now, unfortunately, and everyone's trying to live with it at the moment. But we saw the Roosters were affected by COVID. Other teams are being affected by COVID. We're, what, seven weeks out from the finals? What's the NRL going to do, Dino? They're monitoring it fairly closely, Ray. They think this current wave will peak at the end of August. That on the eve of the finals. Just yeah. on the eve of the finals, a week or two before. So in the last few weeks, Trebojevic, Croco, Andrew Davey, Munster, Talungi, mm. Walsh, Rudolph, Nico Hines, they've all gone down Jeez, with yeah. COVID. But for the competition to survive at its ultimate strength, Ray. We have to have every player available. So if it means going into a bubble, we go into a bubble. Albeit the players don't want that. Neither does the RLPA. Poor Warriors having to come back again. That's what what it would take, wouldn't it? Potentially. Gee, it's tough. Yeah. um, I know there's a lot of clubs that are pushing for COVID testing to be scrapped during the final, Ray. Uh, But look, if that's what it takes to get the best... Why would they be pushing that for? I don't know, Ray. They're, They're rallying to reduce daily testing. Whether there's an RLPA push behind that, I don't know. But whatever gets the best players on the field at the biggest time of the year, I think we have to support. Yeah, that's a strange way. It is is tough times for everybody. AFL Week 18, Dino, back on Friday night. Richmond, Fremantle, 52-all draw. Very rare in the AFL. The Swannies look good against Adelaide, 118-85. They came out of the blocks running the Swannies yesterday. Brilliant first quarter. Hawthorne, 121 against North Melbourne, 75. Terrific game, Port Adelaide and Geelong. Geelong, nine wins in a row. They are steaming towards a minor premiership. 106, Port 
Adelaide 94. Brisbane had to work hard to shake off Gold Coast 110-93. And an upset in the grand final rematch. It's not a replay, isn't it? A rematch. The Bulldogs 110 defeated Melbourne 100. Two games to complete round 18 today. My man Carlton must win game against GWS. And it'll be huge at the G dinner. Collingwood versus Essendon. They'll probably get 80 to 90,000 um, there at the MCG. Dino, I've got to give this gentleman due credit. Last Sunday, just as we were leaving the show, Rooster Man texted in. I don't know if you remember. And I said, oh, I'm concerned Cam Smith had a disappointing round in round three, dropped four shots off the pace. Wish he had bought a couple of putts. Rooster Man predicted Cam Smith would still win the British Open, and he's 100% right. On your Rooster text Man. In. Don't want a big note, but Ray, I sent you a text. <laughs> no, and you can, because you are 100% right. I don't want a big right. note, yeah. but... But last week, late in the show, you were right um, to say Cam Smith would win despite his round three. How good was that? Congrats, guys, on 100 shows. A cup of coffee, and you guys, on a Sunday morning, a perfect match. Go on, your Rooster Man. How good was Cam Smith? Bogey-free round, eight under par, 64. Five consecutive birdies on the back nine. Shot six under on the back nine. Great stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a superstar, isn't he, Ray? Oh. Wore that damn Maroons shirt in the final round too. He does it all the time, Just to yeah. rub it in after oh. Origin. I thought one of the, the, the big moments, Ray, was uh, might have been the 17th. He, he tugged a yes. shot just yep. behind the bunker, and he somehow managed to putt it up around the bunker it was to within about yeah. 10 feet, yeah. and he nailed it. He nailed that part. Hey, he's extraordinary. With his putter, he's amazing, isn't he? He's fearless, isn't he? And Roy McElroy was hitting great... Off the tee, great iron shots into the green. He couldn't buy a putt in the last round, but to win the 150th um, British Open, or the Open as they call it, at St Andrews, the home of golf, um, that's fantastic stuff. Uh, Ray, yesterday, uh, Ranwick won yeah. race, the Winter Challenge meeting, so we're postponed for the main event. The Winter Challenge, that's the last stakes race of the season. My understanding is it'll be added to or included as part of the Rose Hill program next Saturday, which is the last Saturday of the season and the winner challenge traditional home is actually at Rose Hill and Muggatu won this race two years ago and that sort of launched his career Dino in a lot of respects so um, look it was just disappointing there was a, a huge downpour that began just prior to the first just, race they were just getting onto the track weren't they yeah, for the yeah, opener yeah. it seemed to come and, down and then it heavy. poured right through that and for a little time afterwards um, the jockeys Immediately, there were seven riders in the first race. One horse was beaten 70-odd lengths, but to be fair, he was pulled out of the contest in the turn. He was struggling. Um, the horse that ran sixth was 24 lengths off the winner, which was true crime, trained by Kim War, ridden by Tommy Berry. And even Tommy said after the race that his horse, the winner, who won by a convincing margin, wasn't that comfortable. The ground was shifty and... Um, no criticism, the ATC. What do you do, Dino, when they started the day with the highest penetrometer reading of the year? Even despite all that range in the autumn, the penetrometer was 6.29. That's bottomless. And then you got that downpour, and there's just nowhere for the water to go, Dino. The, the tracks are just waterlogged. So anytime we get any rain, and just to put it in perspective, then I asked the track manager, Michael Wood, for some figures. In July, which we've not quite come to the end of, of course, um, Sydney and Ramick have received over 350 mils. To the year to date, it's over 1,900 mils have fallen at Ramwick and in Sydney. The, year, the average yearly rainfall at Ramwick is about 900 to 1,000. So we've doubled that and we're not seven months into the year. That gives you an example of how much rain we've, we've had for, for 2022, sadly. We have this debate every time the races are postponed or cancelled, don't we, Ray? But mm. the duty of care, I believe, comes ahead of 
anything to yeah, all the jockeys I'm and, booking. And, and you're right, there were punters on track yesterday who made the effort to get there for the first and they were, they were disappointed. There was a phantom meeting or you, you could stay on track yesterday and bet into state and at Gosford, etc. Um, but what do you do, Dino? You can't compromise safety, can you? At the end of the day, if the jockeys say... We, well, we're concerned about riding here. And when you watch that first race, Dino, every jockey made a beeline to the outside fence. There's an inherent risk when racing is held under those conditions. And that was a small field. The next two races were the two biggest fields of the day. Um, so that all those factors came into play. I know the sun came out for a short while. And whilst we're sitting there typing away doing our, our stories for the Sunday telly, you're thinking, oh, if they wait a half now, it might have been okay. Then there was more rain again during the course of the afternoon as I was leaving the track. So you, you're caught between a rock and a hard place, aren't you, mate? Hindsight's very easy, right? Mm. Matt from Bowgala. Morning, gents. Well done on reaching the 100 mark. Mm. Uh, Peach from Bow Desert. Thomas and Richie, the greatest partnership since Smith and Wesser. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so some nice emails coming in here about the 100th show. Rocco says, congratulations, Ray and Dino, on 100 shows. So, yeah, thanks, guys, for thinking of us. How good's that? 100, 100 not out, Dino. Raise the bat, Ray. And we've got some special guests after 9 o'clock who ha- ha- wanted to come on and uh, I think they want to give us a bit of, bit of stick, Dino. That's, that's <laughs> all part of the fun. Hey, Dino, have you been watching any of the World Athletics Championships at Eugene, Oregon? No, well, just quickly, I'll tell you, before you answer that question, Australia have won two gold. Producer's shaking his head. They've won two gold and a bronze already. Um, Kelsey Lee Barber defended her Javelin World title, which is great news to win gold again. Eleanor Patterson claimed gold in the high jump, and Nina Kennedy has won bronze in the pole vault. So the Australian women have done really, really well today. Once we go off air, about 11 o'clock, 11.30, Peter Bowl is a real medal chance in the 800 metres for Australia. Um, I've, Tanya and I love our athletes. We often watch the Diamond League, but we have been absolutely just enraptured by the commentary of Tim Hutchings. He is incredible, Dino. He rattles off stats like a Bruce McAvaney or a Gordon Bray, but he knows every athlete, every sport, every discipline, and he paints the picture just magnificently, and his calls are brilliant. So it's just got me thinking, how good is it's this a man bloke? crush. Oh, I'll tell you, he is unreal. Listen to him. He is fantastic. And it got me thinking, great sporting commentators. Oh, a talk great topic. commentators. Great question. What is, go on, lead us on. Me? Yes. Uh, well, I have to go with horse racing and my all-time favourite racehorse, the great Kingston, Kingston Town, Town and the 1982 Cox Plate. Fearless, Bright and My Axman together. A length and a half, Lawman. Kingston Town can't win. Then L.A. Bajou and the three-year-old Grosvenor running on. My Axman took the lead from Fearless, Pride. Grosvenor coming down the outside is after them. My Axman in front. Grosvenor and Kingston Town flashing. He might win yet the champ. Grosvenor took the lead. Oh, Kingston Town swapping them. What a run. Kingston Town wins it. Elect to Grosvenor. Kingston Town can't win yet the champ. And then he might win yet the champ. Oh, it's unreal. Kingston I Town assume he got... Interviewed multiple times yeah. after that. What, oh, what I did, did he say? What, how did he explain it? Yeah, I interviewed Bill Collins early in my career before the great man passed, and he didn't mind. He said, at least I'm remembered for something. And, and he said, got notoriety. The, he said, at the time, when you watch the race, he was 100% right. Peter Cook was, had the whip out. The king was going backwards. He couldn't win. He couldn't win, Dino. Then he got to the outside, 
Kingston Town might win yet. The champions flashing. Oh, unbelievable. It's so, sort of added to the whole Kingston Town. Yeah, and, and I grew up with Dor Collins as a young kid, so I really enjoyed his calls. But that's just, just me, Dana. But there's so many to pick from. Have you got one or two you liked? Oh, I was going to mention Hollywood and Zorba. Our okay. very own Zorba, who yeah. I butt heads with every Sunday morning. And you will again that just after 8 o'clock. I will again, yeah. yeah. But there's also um, yeah, Ray Warren, the call of Mark Coyne, the famous try in 1994. I thought Rabs absolutely nailed that. Let's listen again. Coyne, Coyne goes for the corner and gets the try. Queensland, it's a miracle. Oh, yeah. What about that one? Oh, it's Dello. Unbelievable. What about that from Queensland? I can't believe it. Unbridled joy on the sideline, and why not? That's not a try. That's a miracle. Oh, <laughs> oh brilliant. Yeah, Rabs at his very best. You know, that was the side, Ray. We spoke about it last week. That 94 side somehow uh, picked yeah. themselves up off the ground that night. That's right. Went to Suncorp yeah. and won. It was one of the great coaching efforts from Gus Gould to, to somehow regenerate that side, which were literally on their backsides at full yeah, time. And E.T. was telling us about Correct. that, wasn't he? Yeah, no, that was fantastic. But look, there's so many great sporting moments and sporting commentators that we've grown up with and still love and revere, um, from Alan McGilvray right through to Richie Benno in cricket, rugby league union commentators, league, union, cricket, we mentioned NFL, Gordon Bray earlier, soccer. the great Norm May. But let us know your thoughts because... Whispering you know, Ted Lowe. Whispering Ted Lowe. The snooker man. <laughs> Remember the Legend. time black and white TV... The, the pink under the black. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, Ted, here's a tip. We can't tell. <laughs> can't tell. It was so good. But let us know your thoughts on your favourite sporting commentators or indeed your favourite piece of sporting commentary. And that's been inspired by Tim Hutchings and the World Athletics Championships. If you haven't heard him, tune in today when Peter Bowl lines up in the men's 800 metres about 11.30. Better take a quick break on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Listen to Dino and Ray on our 100th show. Trainer Sue Grills recalls her first win as a jockey. It was 1979 at Inverell. The horse called Majoriel that my grandfather trained. It was over 1,800 metres. I had jelly legs by the finish. A lot of jockeys, not that I had that many rides, but as they would say, there's no better feeling than knowing you're going to win the race. You know, your horse is travelling and just a matter of getting in the straight and, uh, you know, letting them down. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country race, is back and gives you the chance to win a share in $1.3 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko, tickets on sale now. Entry open to New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC 1051. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Lano, how did French store fridges get their name? Je ne sais pas. What does that mean? I don't know. In French. Don't show off. Mum, right now we're showing off our French store fridges at Bingley. That's why I asked. And we've got a bonus Bingley gift card up to $300 on selected ones. They are so convenient. Because they open like French doors in a house. Ah, that's the answer. What answer? Get a bonus Bingley gift card on selected French store fridges. Bingley, better living every day. 
Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. But Punchero has taken over. Gone has broken Hero. Easy Far plugs away. Likewise, Milkman. But Punchero's in front. Lifting's Easy Far. But Punchero. Punchero's won from Easy Far. Third to Milkman. Followed by Broken Hero. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Race replay time, Dino. Rip into it, Raymond. through these, couldn't This we? is your pride and joy, isn't it? I only have one. You love hearing it and then... Pointing at Hamish, our producer, and letting it flow into the next race. I'm trying to find winners for the listeners, you see. Then you look look at me, you're mesmerised by the calls. <laughs> oh, you love your racing, don't you? Oh, I do. <laughs> We've only got one to replay from Randwick. To do it five times. <laughs> we can't do that. But uh, Kim War's got a tough two-year-old here, well ridden by Tommy Berry. His name, True Crime. They come to the middle and it's True Crime getting a length and a half now on Stonecoat. Spirit Chase at the filly, the outside still third. Tintuki going back towards the middle and are staying on well. True Crime at the 250, two three lengths in front. From Stonecoat is flat to the boards, Tintuki flat out. Spirit Chaser can't find any extra, but it's True Crime nicely clear. Reveling in the conditions from Stonecoat is going to hold down second spot, but the first favourite's home, True Crime, getting towards the outside fence and True Crime won it comfortably from Stonecoat. Tintuki third, Spirit Chase. And he was the only favourite home because it's the only race that was run. And there's a couple of our um, listeners have SMSed us already that Kim War can always boast she trained the card and Tommy Berry rode the program. So the punters still hung around and had a few beers, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, because you, you can still bet. And half, was, them wouldn't, it, half them wouldn't know. <laughs> you can still bet on, on Gosford Interstate. And plus there was a couple of big charity functions which had... Um, hundreds of guests there, so they continued through the afternoon, and I was there to probably to be at 3.30, quarter to four, I thought, go and watch the footy, you know, so I wasn't winning on the punts. Then <laughs> 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 uh, you know, Gosford yesterday, look, um, quality of horse, obviously, I, 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 not sure where some of these measure up, but the winner of the first, Cosmic Minerva, he broke his maiden yesterday by three and three quarter lengths, but he will measure up in the city. Lightly raced, had been placed at Canterbury prior to going back to Gosford. Bjorn Baker's got a nice horse here. He'll win in the right race next start, Cosmic Minerva. Senna Prost in front of Pagato up to the corner. Presenting now as the favourite, Cosmic Minerva. It's only length and a half away off the lead. Thriller Brazil just got left flat-footed when the sprint went on. Inside the 200, the favourite, Cosmic Minerva, moved up, took the lead, raced away by two or three lengths. Thriller Brazil is starting to run on late, but the favourite home in the first, Cosmic Minerva, wins by four. Second, Thriller Brazil. Third over the line, Pagato. Yeah, he was too good for that field yesterday, Maiden Company Provincial. So he is up to city class and can be placed to advantage. A horse called Diamond Diesel, a five-year-old having only his second start, also won well yesterday. On then to Caulfield, the Bletching Lee Stakes and King of Sparta for Peter and Paul Snowden. Caps their great year. King of Sparta looking for room and William Thomas last into the straight they fan 300 to go Azar in front by Link Streets of Avalon they were followed by Scolopini who's got a beautiful run and so too King of Sparta Scolopini and King of Sparta go together with 100 to go King of Sparta up to Scolopini King of Sparta just in front Scolopini's coming back but King of Sparta will just win it 
King of Sparta beats Scalapenia. Photo third, Maria Mia, Felicia, and then Azar. Yeah, King of Sparta edging out Scalapenia, who was part owned by Brian Fletcher, Panthers CEO. So he almost, oh, Brian. almost had a big double yesterday. But He'd um, be listening. Yeah, good morning, Brian. And good morning, Brian. I was texting him last night, and he, I said, tough win, and he quite rightly report, replied, 20 unanswered points. Oh, he loves his Panthers, yeah, Brian. Yeah, nah, good on him. And uh, Scalapenia almost won, but a good win there by King of Sparta. Dino, we never do this prior, but I wanted to do this barrier trial on Friday because Animo only finished third, but... Gee, he is a star. This is just his first step back in the spring. Let's listen to Animo go about his thing in Heat 4, Warwick Farm Friday. In front, shocking force. Underneath them now is Flying Witness. The outside is Hell's Fest and down the outside, Animo. Animo and Hellfest, the inside is Shocking Force. Shocking Force is going to win the trial. It beats second, Hellfest. Animo in third. A bit subdued, the call. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I was so looking at Animo's well, John well running trial, I, guess. I know. But uh, look, I think he's a star, Animo. He's a horse to watch. Hey, Dino, Ascot overnight, one of England's biggest races, the King George VI and Queen Elizabeth Stakes, was run overnight. Some stars in it. The winner, an upset. Is closing on those. The red cab on the right pile driver comes up on the outside to take it up. The longest price rider has taken the lead. Broom in second. Mischief is out after them in third. Torpedo Tasso is behind those. They're approaching the final furlong. It's PJ McDonald on pile driver. A two or three length leader. Torpedo Tasso is in second. Behind those, Mischief in third. They have 110 yards to go. Pile driver. This will be a famous victory for can do it. Pile driver and PJ McDonald have won the King George. Torquayla Tasso is second. Mitchell from Broom behind these. Yeah, a bit of an upset there, Dino. Pile driver beating last year's Ark winner, Torquayla Tasso. Plenty of people want to have their say on the open line. Wayne's there. Wayne, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Terrific. Wayne, you want to talk cricket. Something happened overnight yeah. which is quite extraordinary. Yeah, over in England last yesterday, um, a bloke scored, Sam Northeast scored 410 runs, not out in single innings for Glen Morgan in an English county championship match yeah. yesterday. Extreme. And the only other batsman to do that is Brian Lara. Yeah, yeah it was for Glen Morgan. didn't he? He did, yeah. yeah. They finished at five for 795. <laughs> so it was Jeez. just an absolute bash up. He brought up his 400 with a six. That's not in one day, is it? No. And is this guy on the fringe of test selection? I've got to be honest, Ray. I've, I've never heard of him before, yeah. but certainly that's one way to uh, announce your arrival. It puts his name up in lights now. Um, Wayne, well sure done. Does. Sorry, Wayne. It sure does. Put yeah. The yeah, he could be, could be on the verge of test selection, Wayne. Thank you so much. Old Pete's on the line. Dino, good to hear from old Pete each and every Sunday. Old Pete, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Terrific. What do you got um, for us, old Pete? Well, Oh, well, there's two things I'd like to talk about. <laughs> One, I listened to Johnny King earlier when the replay, and I didn't hear it. I beat his father in the 1959 Gilgan's gift. But Johnny, I met Johnny when he was about 14. He was always fit and always running, and he, he carried that on into rugby league. He said the players weren't as fit. Well, that's just not true. The players are 10 times fitter today than they were. Some of the blokes playing in... The 50s had pot bellies on them, <laughs> so you can't say footballers were yeah, as fit because di- they were. Different era, different era. Different era. Yeah. And, and broadcasting, you have to go A and B before television and after. Like really good even point. Ray Warren and Johnny Tapp 
were in awe of Ken Howard. Yeah. Who was your number one, old Pete? Well, I suppose Ken Howard or Bert Bryant as far as horse racing. But, uh, and, you know, and oh, what's his name, the guy that... Um, uh, but where, where does he call old Pete? Cricket's not the same uh, on the ABC. Uh, Alan McGilvray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. outstanding. And his broadcast of the, uh, um, you know, cricket was just massive. Yeah, he had to be very ingenious, you know, in, in knocking little things on the table <laughs> and all sorts of make it sound like bat on ball. Craig's on the line. Craig, good morning. Yes, good morning, Ray and Bulldog. Uh, I think South Sydney's uh, warming to their task, and uh, mm. I think uh, they're, they're going to be very hard to beat from here on in. And uh, and as far as my favourite commentator, James Maxwell. Yeah, yeah, hey, outstanding. I love listening to him. Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. We might be heading for the uh, a replay of last year's grand final, right? Yeah, yeah. You think so? I think, well, South can go potentially. To... Yeah, South. I think got the big guns. Mm. They're in form at the right time. And they could they sneak through the, big into the game top experience. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, good, good call. Couple. We better take a quick break, Dino. On our 100th show, have I said it before? A couple of times. Say it again. <laughs> 100th <laughs> show. Listen to Dino and Ray in the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. The Putters Panel. Bold Max is an interesting import. The Waller comes here at one super trial, then gelded and has nice form in NZ. I think that's the horse to watch, so I'll be playing Bold Mac and Blessed in race seven. Bold Mac beat Blessed. I'll come back to Flag of Honour because it's $5.50 and the other two I think are a little bit short. At the price, yeah, I'd rather be bet on him than Alberich at $3. Flag of Honour went home best. Flag of Honour just beat Alberich. The Putters Panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. Finance your new Navara with Nissan Future Value. Low monthly repayments available and a guaranteed future value so you can upgrade more often. Visit your Nissan dealer today. Approved private Nabian applicants only. T's and C's apply. Foreign-owned bookies like Sportsbet and Ladbrokes are taxed less than other Australian gambling products. Support our call for fair play. Visit fairplaycoalition.com.au for more details. Authorised by Aussie Fair Play Coalition Proprietary Limited, Melbourne. On tomorrow, 87.6 FM, Lithgow, 89.7 FM, Grafton, 101.5 FM, and Newcastle, 13.41 AM. This is Sky Sports Radio, your racing and sports leader. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country race, is back and gives you the chance to win a share in $1.3 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko, tickets on sale now. Entry open to New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC1051. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe. First time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. And then came Snapped on the inside. Amabutha is right down the outskirts. And Throntari right down the middle of the track as well. 100 to go. Throntari takes the lead. Craig Williams, he'd win on a broomstick. Throntari's going to win at three lengths. Amabutha second. Dazzling Lucy third from Sister Viani commands the field. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yeah, Craig Williams, Dino, he rode four winners yesterday at Caulfield. I often think he's underrated as a jockey because he's consistently very very good and you know he's he's twice he's got a, 
a wife who comes from Ukraine. Um, his wife and her and twice gone back to the Ukraine and have delivered food supplies, etc., to the people of Ukraine. They've driven into war zones and handed out um, food supplies, etc. He's a wonderful human being, Craig Just Williams. generous but incredibly courageous. Oh, wonderful human being. Richie Cowan is on the line. R Rich, good morning. And uh, is that a fair thing to say about Craig Williams? He's often not mentioned amongst the top echelon of jockeys, but he's been at the top of the tree for 20 years now, and there he was again yesterday putting on a clinic, Rich. I'll tell you what, as an owner or as a trainer, you love having Craig Williams. He's always appreciative of a ride. He's professional. But, yeah, look, I, I think over time, some days he's recognised in the top 10. Next night, you know, yeah. the, know the, the next list, he, he doesn't get talked about. But, yeah, he certainly stood the test of time, Craig Williams. He's won all the big races, and... Uh, yeah, there's no surprise he was uh, riding plenty of winners yesterday. There was one win yesterday, Ray. You might be able to get it out. It was the mile and a half race. Mm -hmm. um, the horse that he rode, which was the favourite, I reckon it would have been... It, it come. It was favoured about $2.80 or something, and I reckon coming to turn, it would have been 1000 to 1. Oh, they all went past it. Is that the Patrick Payne horse? I saw it. Yeah. yeah it was Gonski. <laughs> I thought, honestly, I thought someone had switched channels, and I'd gone to a different channel. I'd... I was on Sky One. I'm thinking, no, that can't be the same horse. I even have to check the colours. <laughs> and he zoomed. Past. I'm just calling it up now. I didn't see that. Yeah, Sing for Peace. That's the horse. That's Sing the for Peace was unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Rich, it was a strange day. Yes, I was telling Dino by about three o'clock. I'm sitting there. I'd fold the only couple of yarns I could fold. And what I do now? I, had a, I wasn't winning on the punt, so I decided to go home and watch the footy. Um, they're rare days, though. And, and Dino did ask me, was the right call made earlier this morning? Well, stewards are in a rock and a hard place, aren't they? Pouring rain. The forecast said there was more rain coming. We had a break after the first, once that torrential downpour stopped, which of probably about an hour and a half. There was some sun out and people were thinking, why aren't we racing? But in that situation, there's one issue which is paramount, and that's safety, Rich. Oh, the jockeys! The jockeys have the final call, mm. and, and rightly so. Um, it's their lives. It's um, and they'd love to ride. They, they want to earn the money. It's big prize money and offer, but they chose safety well and truly. And I, I thought it was evident in the first coming to turn. I think everyone was thinking the outside fence was going to be the best going. You could see Kieran McAvoy going out there on Brad Whitup's horse, and then he thought, "Hang on, Tommy Berry's there. I can't even." And he ducked two horses back inside just so he could have clear room. Mm. So. Um, it wasn't hard to see before the first uh, that uh, Ron Dubbersy and Greg Radley had been in Europe because they they said the first race will probably be running one thirteen one twelve. <laughs> they ran they ran one twenty bulldog. You you could nearly run one twenty for twelve hundred metres. Not quite. Not one of the quite. slowest Rich. times ever. <laughs> hey Rich, I want to get your thoughts on this. A story emerged during the week that Bruno Mars will you know, unofficially because the new stadium will have been used by then, but he will open the Moore Park Stadium, I think on the 15th, 15th of October, October yeah. which unbelievably clashes with the Everest, you know, the world's richest race. What, what, what are your thoughts on this, Rich? Who made this decision? It seems absurd. Well, I've always been a big fan of uh, Jean Hernandez, but uh, yeah, he, he's, uh, look, he's one of the stars, isn't he, Bruno Mars? Of course, he wrote that song for um, CeeLo Green. What was it? Uh, F.U. Uh, he's a, a genius. The thing is, Bulldog... He's a genius. <laughs> Oh, mate, one of the great musicians uh, and songwriters. The interesting the thing... Man Crush, but, another one. <laughs> who, suggested, who suggested to Stuart Ayres and Dominic Perrottet um, to get the, have the opening with a, a huge star like that? 
I think it might have come from the racing departments uh, and in trying to tie in that performer for the Everest to sing. So I think that's where the racing industry might be a little bit dirty. But look, the, the, the worry is our public transport's not good enough in Sydney. And therefore, if you're having two massive shows on around the corner, it's very difficult because we've built a new stadium, which I happened to be there yesterday after Ramick. I went straight to the Swans. I can tell you, the parking around uh, our, mm. our quarters there is an embarrassment to major cities. Well, that, that Moore Park precinct, whenever there's a, a big game on and you're leaving a, a, a major race day at Randwick, um, Rich, it can be bedlam. You know, you can be stuck there for an hour sometimes right. just getting past SCG. Right. You, you, can have, you can have the Roosters play manly. You yeah. can have supporters and you still can't. That's <laughs> true. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, you know, it, it's it, people say, oh, you're a big city. You should be able to accommodate two major events. They're, you can literally, it, they're so close to each other and... Richie's point that the public transport still isn't good enough and the car parking fiasco around the SCG now, it, it, it is a nightmare. So, so what's how are they going to accommodate here? it, Rich? How are they going to accommodate it? Mate, just simply, I think you have Bruno Mars on Thursday, Friday, coming up the Everest. He can sing a few songs. I'll jump up there with Bulldog. <laughs> or will rattle out a couple. But, um, or you have, you know, just, yeah, look, if it goes ahead, it still won't be anything bad. The Everest is going to be huge no matter what. And Bruno Mars in the night will be good. So it'll be interesting. It might be a battle between Peter Valandis and Tony Shepard. It'll be interesting, that battle. (laughs) Who wins that one? Tony. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about that. Uh, Rich, our talk topic. Great commentators or the greatest commentator. Who is your number one sporting commentator of any sport? I I just enjoyed your previous caller who was talking about... um, pre-television, post-television. Mm. Uh, and I think you've got also got to do, you know, radio television. If you're a TV commentator and you're talking more than a radio commentator, you're wrong. Um, I think there's an art on both on both mediums. You, you look at, uh, in radio, I think, like, if you look at AFL, I thought Rex Hunt was an outstanding. He bought theatre. Um, he's getting a bit older now, Rex. Um, but Ray Warren's always been top of the tree, I think. John Tapp's as good a race caller I've ever heard. Ray Warren was a great mm. race caller as well. Um, I love Simon Hill calling uh, football, as they call soccer. So, oh, yeah. look, I, Bulldog, I, I admire all commentators. So uh, I'll, I'll sit on the fence this week. If you want to say the best of all time, I've got a soft spot. He was at my wedding 22 years ago, Ray, Ray Warren. So I'll stick with the great man. Yeah, uh, it's so many. Like it, Bruce McAvaney, his knowledge of sport. I, I was talking earlier, I don't know if you heard it, Rich, about the guy who's been commentating World Athletics Championships, Tim Hutchings, the Englishman, and his knowledge of every discipline and the athletes, it, it, it's just so engaging. And Bruce McAvaney has that ability to put you in the moment. And the great commentators do, don't they, Rich? They put you in the moment and give you a quick snapshot so you know exactly what you're watching and who you're watching. I even like. I'll say that I think Norman May was outstanding yep. back Nugget. in the day. I, mm. I, I love Norman May, but I think for if you had to say to me, pick one sport, one comma, I think it was probably because when Ray Warren um, started commentating swimming, um, mm. I just thought it went to a whole new level in Australian broadcasting. And uh, who can forget Peter Vegan Hugerman? And, uh, <laughs> and one of the great no. And look, I think if you got a great voice, it certainly. You know, I'd love to be a gymnast, but I'm just not made for that. I think, <laughs> I think sometimes in broadcasting, we've got gymnast. people that voices that are hard to listen to. Mm. Ray Warren's voice, you know, and and it's all about bulldog and Ray. 
it's all about going to the right level at the right time. If Correct. you scream like me sometimes at a maiden at Gilgandra, it just doesn't have the effect as if you're screaming when you it's the Everest. And Rabbits and the top broadcasters know when to go to that next level. Yeah, really well said. Hey, Rich, we've only got one race meeting on today at the Sapphire Coast um, in New South Wales. I dare say you're having a Sunday afternoon with family. I certainly am, Ray. Uh, yeah, my... Uh my wife just walked past because uh, apparently uh, during the night I may have just got up to some new decibels in the snoring department. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Poor woman's got bags under her eyes. <laughs> She's a saint. You're lovely. Wife. We seem to start in the same bed, but I wake up by myself. <laughs> Funny how that works in the rich. <laughs> hey, Rich, as always, I appreciate your thoughts on a Sunday morning. Abbreviated racing segment. He had one race yesterday, but... Hey, mate, this rain has got to stop soon, Rich. It's got Seriously. It, it's got to stop, but unfortunately. But uh, it doesn't doesn't seem to be easing up any time soon. But that horse you mentioned of Bjorn Bakers that won at Gosford. Mm. Um, well, if you go back to that replay at Canterbury, Ray, the, the saddle slipped it after about Correct. 100 metres and it half-buck jumped for about 100 metres yep. and lost 10 lengths and then only got beat about a length. Jeez, it was a huge run. Uh, and it was, uh, and the ride on the favourite there, Dylan Gibbons. He just keeps amazing. He's going from level, new new levels each time. That that young fellow, he's a champion. Yeah, and he still claims three in town by memory. So he's going to be hard to beat in the Apprentices Premiership next season. I, I think he's a short price favourite. Hey, Rich, appreciate your thoughts on a Sunday morning as always, and we'll talk next week. Well, I uh, we will talk next week, and uh, you have a lovely week, Ray and, and Bulldog. Uh, I'm just, I might just duck out for a little little coffee down there at Billmore with Cameron. Oh, yeah. oh did, I, did I say that? Oh, sorry, I know. <laughs> what do you know? Do you know more than what we know? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, whenever he gets pit, if you get pitched in that Chinese restaurant at Canterbury, it's, it's, it's all, all bets Red are Rover. off. All bets are off. All over Red Rover. <laughs> but he got pitched in... Um, in one of the restaurants there, didn't he, Cameron Serraldo? But he's a, he's a man in demand, isn't he? Gee. Certainly is. We still don't know just yet what mm. coach he is because we don't know a lot about him. We know he's yeah. a good fellow, and obviously the record he's got at Penrith as an assistant is great, mm. but there is a bit of mystique about Cameron Serraldo. Exactly. Hey, Dean, I've got, a, I've got a share on a horse rain today in the Sapphire Coast. Talk to me. Yeah, I haven't checked the scratchings. Um, Prince Nakoni, so... Into studio comes Tam with the scratchings. Is our little horse running today, Tam? In race four. Call him up now. Indeed it is. Yeah. Go the Prince. There it is. Go the Prince. Mm. Okay, doke. Morning, everyone. Racing at Sapphire Coast today. Coffs Harbour was called off late yesterday afternoon. And we'll also have a quick look at the Sunshine Coast. Starting with Sapphire Coast, the weather is fine. The track is a heavy eight. The rail is true and there are scratchings. From race one, number two, take out Pride of Us All and nine, eight of a kind, two and nine. Race two, number 11, Queen Lilibet, number 11. From the third, race number 12, When I Say You Can, number 12 from the third. Out of race four, number four, Belle of Bally and eight, Lethal Lady, four and eight. Race five, number two, Two Chapel Express and nine Despoina, two and nine. Race six, take out two Loafing and twelve the Boomerang, two and twelve. And out of race seven, number fourteen the Burning and the Emergencies, eighteen and nineteen. Fourteen, eighteen and nineteen from race seven at the Sapphire Coast. Up to the Sunshine Coast, the weather is fine. The track is a heavy nine. The rail is out eight metres the entire course, and there are 51 scratchings. The first race is clear. From race two, take out numbers two, four, five, six, seven, 
9, 11, 12 and 14. 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 11, 12, 14. Race 3, numbers 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 13, 14 and 16. 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8, 13, 14 and 16. From race 4, numbers 5, 7 and 8, 5, 7, 8. Race 5, numbers 1, 5 and 7, 1, 5 and 7. To race 6, take out 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 10. 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 10. Race 7, numbers 1, 2, 5, 7, 8, 11, 13, 14 and 15. 1, 2, 5, 7, 8, 11, 13, 14 and 15. Race 8, numbers 4, 5, 9, 10 and 14. 4, 5, 9, 10 and 14. And out of race 9, numbers 2, 6, 7, 8, 10 and 13. 2, 6, 7, 8, 10 and 13 from race 9 at the Sunshine Coast. Uh, thanks, Tan. Tips today, Dino, at the Sapphire Coast. I think race 3, number 1, Amen, brother, will be hard to beat. Got to stick with the Prince, race four, number two, Prince Nakoni. I think the better the day is race six, number one, King of Spades. And have something in the last, you know, race seven, number nine, awesome Audrey each way. A couple of SMSs there, mate. Yeah, tons of them coming through about our talk topic about your favourite commentator, Gary from Newcastle, good old Rex Mossop. Yeah, the great Oh, guy. I love Rex. Yeah. He was an absolute champion. There's another one here, no name, about Ray Warren calling the great... Eric Growth try in 83. I went through about eight of them, didn't Oh, he? what a try, Rabs <laughs> yelled out. Anyone mention Roy and HG? John O'Reilly from Dossie down there in Tumut. G'day, Doss. Good to have you listening as always. Dennis uh, Committee gets a run. Dennis Committee yeah. gets a run, Ray. Uh, Tony Cozier from the West Indian yeah. Cricket gets a run. So there's tons of Kerry O'Keefe. I love this Gets one. a start. Jack Little and Mike Cleary in the World Championship Wrestling in the 1970s. <laughs> Remember great that? stuff. Mike, love Mike it. Mike Cleary's a jack of all trades, wasn't he? The Jack, late, jack Little was great. Yeah, the late Barry Sheen gets a start, which is a great one, of course. Uh, Frank Hyde gets another start, Ray. So, yeah, keep them coming in. We'll try to get to as many as we can, but certainly a talk topic that has piqued the interest of our listeners. And, and before we go to a break, you just had one there right at the top, Dino. I yeah. love this one too, Ray. You'll get oh, this yeah. one. Great race finish. A 1986 Cox Plate. Rob from Nara oh. sends this in. Yeah. Our, our Waverly Star versus Bone Crusher. Yeah, and Bone Crusher won. And Bill Collins said Bone Crusher races into equine immortality. It was a stirring struggle. Before we go to the news, this is from... Daryl Swan at King Arroy. Good morning, Daryl. He says, G'day, Ray and Dean. Congrats on reaching your 100th show. I would like to make mention of ABC commentator Clive Harburg's call of the final over bowled by Wes Hall in the Tide Test. 1960. Yeah, yeah at Brisbane, Australia, West Indies. 19, and you can see this on YouTube when you hear it. It's fantastic. Alan McGilvray left the Gabba at the tea break to return to Sydney early, and it was left to Clive to call the final session for the multitude of listeners unaware of the history that was about to happen and go down as a first in the annals of cricket. Outstanding, Daryl. You can find that on YouTube. Here's the news just after 8 o'clock. Hello, I'm Kim Cartwright. The Greens could try to amend Labor's first budget ahead of the first session of Parliament this week. The Environmental Party will attempt to block any new federal funding for existing coal and gas projects. However, it's left the door open to backing Labor's emission reduction target of 43% by 2030.
The deadline for phasing out high sulphur fuel in Australia is being brought forward to cut down on air pollution. Changes to our fuel quality standards will now kick in by 2024. The cost of filling up with the high quality petrol is set to increase slightly, but Energy Minister Chris Bowen says it will only add up to $8 per household over three years. It just means that our quality of petrol is so much greater uh, and any small impact of costs which people won't even notice over a long period of time uh, will be massively offset by the benefits that they get from having better petrol, better choices of cars. A cruise ship off the coast of Queensland may finally be able to dock in the port of Brisbane days after being stranded due to rough seas. More than 2,000 passengers are stuck below deck due to the conditions. Authorities are waiting for the swells to ease before sending a pilot on board to navigate. Expensive vegetable prices, including on potatoes, won't be going away anytime soon, according to peak industry body Ausveg. The organisation's Sean Lind says it's not just supply shortages. The cost of production is going up. Our growers have been operating on very thin margins before COVID and, and all during COVID as well. Uh, and there's only for so long that the growers can keep on sort of bearing the cost of increases in the cost of production. Overseas UK leadership contender Rishi Sunak has branded himself the underdog in the race to become Britain's next Prime Minister. The former Chancellor is up against Foreign Secretary Liz Truss, who's campaigning on cutting corporate taxes and red tape. But Mr Sunak says his priorities are continuing Brexit and tackling illegal immigration. I am the underdog. The forces that be want this to be a coronation for the other candidate. But I think members want a choice and they are prepared to listen. Russia has fired missiles at Ukraine's main export port less than 12 hours after signing a deal to resume grain shipments. The strikes shook the buildings in the city centre. Two out of four missiles were intercepted by air defences. The UN chief has unequivocally condemned the attack. Emergency services are cleaning up after a B-double truck and cane train collided north of Cairns. Thankfully, both drivers escaped with only minor injuries when the smash happened in the early hours of this morning. Stress, household burdens and the pressure to be perfect is affecting women's health. New research shows one in two women experience mental health issues and one in four consider it severe. Lip Timber Foundation's Katrina Lacandro says the pressure on women is varied. The mental load and the work-life balance and the kids and everything else that there is going on in a woman's life and finances on top of that. Finally, new rules are being introduced for Australians who regularly bet online. An online statement will be provided to punters outlining their wins and losses. Behavioural research shows gamblers who see their losses are less likely to take risks. This is Air News. Kelsey Lee Barber has won gold in the women's javelin at the World Championships in Oregon, becoming the first woman in history to go back-to-back. The Titans are expecting to be tested defensively when they take on the Bulldogs in the NRL this afternoon. Titans coach Justin Holbrook says his team will have to be on the ball. They've gone from playing real conservative to the exact opposite. You know, they're offloading the ball, everybody just throwing it out the back and, and all ready to play, which makes them a dangerous side, which is how they've had a, a few good wins lately. So we know we've got to be really wary of that um, defensively. Wins to the Rabbitohs, Raiders and Panthers last night. The Collingwood Football Club is mourning the death of 
of Billy Pickin at the age of 66, the schoolboy arrived at the Magpies from the MacArthur Footy Club in Victoria's West in 1974. He stayed and ended up playing 212 games across 11 seasons. Pickin is also the father of Bulldogs Premiership player Liam. Geelong remains on top of the AFL ladder after a win over Port Adelaide, but the Cats came out victorious 106-94. In last night's other matches, Sydney beat Adelaide 118-85 and Hawthorne was too good for North Melbourne 121-75. Wins also to Brisbane and Western Bulldogs. The Boomers have been too good for New Zealand in the semi-finals of the Asia Cup. The Aussie basketball side taking the win 85-76. This is Air News. Sky Sports Radio, number one in racing. Heard throughout the state, including Burke, 96.1 FM. Finlay, 87.6 FM. Kalkan, 92.5 FM. And Broken Hill, 100.5 FM. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Winter racing just got cosier. Introducing the Winter Chalet at Royal Randwick. This stylish Alpine-inspired retreat is the hottest ticket in town. With live music, eclectic winter cocktails, whiskey tasting and memorable menus. All against the backdrop of thrilling racing. Winter Chalet tickets provide all-day access into the stables and ATC members reserve. It's a great way to experience being a member for the day. July 23 and August 6 at Royal Randwick. Book now at theracers.com.au. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. The Anaconda Adventure HQ Family Fun Weekend is on. Special guests, food trucks, baby shark, Lego workshop, giveaways and more. Find them at Shalora Business Park. In the Sydney CBD, traffic lights are flashing yellow on Kent Street at Margaret Street with delays in all directions. Waterfall McKell Avenue has a 40 kilometre per hour speed limit near Lady Wakehurst Drive due to ongoing road damage. Galston Hornsby Heights, Galston Road is open through Galston Gorge but with a reduced speed limit in effect and in Alexandria, water over the road on O'Reardon Street at Burke Street. It's Super Weekend at Maya with great offers like 50% off women's knitwear, dresses and tops. Shop in store and online at Maya. Ends today. Exclusions and conditions apply. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. We'll start with Sydney. A shower or two clearing today, heading for a top of 18 degrees. Melbourne also 18 degrees, partly cloudy for Melbourne. Brisbane, lovely sunny Sunday and 22. Perth, showers still lingering, just 16 degrees in Perth. Adelaide, showers developing, a top of 20. Hobart is cloudy and 16. Up in Darwin, sunny and 29. And the nation's capital, Canberra, partly cloudy, heading for a top of 17. Smith has won the 150th Open. He is the champion golfer of the year. Bounces twice. Oh, Edric nearly had it. Edric was nearly away. He left the ball behind. Instead, Tedesco was on the other side of the field. Suwali's going to score. Teddy picked it up on the left touchline and then gives the pass for Suwali on the right. 
right-hand side. The Brisbane Lions for an eighth consecutive time have triumphed in the Q-class, but it was a tremendous game of footy. Mitchell, oh, he's pulled them. Eremia rushed up. Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. A big second hour coming up very shortly. We'll talk to Peter Peters about all things NRL. And we have a ZNZ NRL watch to give away every week until grand final day during the Peter Peters segment. All you need to do is listen to Zorba, and after our chat with him, we will give a question on something we discussed during the interview. The first person through with the correct answer will win an NRL club watch of your choice. So stay tuned, listen to our chat with Zorba. We'll give you the question after that, and you could win a Z and Z NRL watch of your choice. We also have the League Super Quiz coming up shortly. $100 cash card courtesy of Tab to give away. I think Wayne's let us know it's 15.9. Correct. Check, you know. um, that's coming up in this hour. Also, Jared Daffy with today's life lessons and all things sporting odds. And Phil Moss will join us also to talk the world of football. Dino? A lot of SMSs coming through. We'll just rip through a couple mm-hmm. before we get to Zorba. Uh, Rory texting, morning lads, in the AFL, Louis the Lip Richards mm. and Jack Captain Blood Dyer. Yeah, Louis the Lip yeah. was a legendary And so was caller. Captain Blood. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Rob from Goulburn, David Thirsty Morrow. He's, he is very, uh, very versatile. Champion bloke too, the great yeah. Thirsty. I love this one, Ray. Uh, Henry from the Bay, morning Centurions, my favourite commentator is Martin Tyler when he calls the Soccer World Cup or Euros the legendary British caller. Here's another one, Kev from Marimbula. He's nailed it, Kev. Whispering yeah. <laughs> Ted Lowe calling Pot Black. Quote, for those of you... Oh, it's just flicked over no, there, right? I've got to hear, mate. Those of you... Me? Yeah, you go, right? For, tho- for those of you with a black and white TV, the blue ball is sitting next to the pink. <laughs> that was the one. <laughs> no, no, man. This one, Murray Walker. Yeah, the most yeah. distinctive voice we could imagine. Formula One, wasn't he? Mark Correct. Walker, yeah. yeah, Paula from Balgala, Hollywood, and Zorba, and their shouting matches. Yeah, they used to raise the decibel level a bit, didn't they? But before we go to the legendary Zorba, mm-hmm. I want to play you one that always sticks in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's one of the great moments in Test cricket. Who called it? Richie Benno. First ball in Test cricket in England for Shane Warne. And he's done it. He started off with the most beautiful delivery. Gatting has absolutely no idea what has happened to it. I reckon even Richie was stunned by that, wasn't he? He couldn't believe it himself. I think Gatting made the moment yeah. more special by the, that perplexed Looking around, look. Yeah, what looking happened? at the umpire. Yeah. And then Dickie Bird seems to look at the square leg umpire for some sort of yeah. confirmation as to what the hell had gone on. Yeah, the great Shane Warne. He's gone. It's hard to believe he's gone, isn't too it? Too soon, yeah. And Richie Benno, what a fantastic caller. Our next man's had a legendary career behind the microphone and he's getting plenty of SMSs recalling his great days with Greg Hollywood-Hartley. Peter Peters, Zorb, good morning. Our talk topic today is um, famous sporting commentators or great sporting commentators. And you're getting a bit of a run, my friend. Well, that's lovely. And uh, it's ironic that I uh, I was up uh, on Friday visiting Greg Hartley to have a look at the damage um, up there in, uh, on the Hawkesbury where he lives. And uh, my heavens, 
the damage to that part of um, the outskirts of Sydney is um, it's almost like a an Armageddon up there. It's um, it's horrible, and um, people have just lost their homes, and it brings you back to earth. So just the drive into Wiseman's Ferry was dangerous with rocks over the road. They're doing a terrific job trying to clean it up, but boy. Um, Thank yourself lucky if you haven't been affected because so many people have. But great commentary. We're lucky in Australia. We've had the best commentators of sport in the world. Bruce McAvaney stands out as one of them. And what about his Olympic call in 2000 with Kathy Freeman winning? And, of course, my old mate, dearly departed, the great uh, Norman May with uh, his gold, gold, gold for Australia. The four by one hundred metres medley uh, was remake Moscow? Was that way Moscow? back in nineteen eighty. Yeah, Moscow. I reckon it was. Yeah, so. yeah, it was. Um, it was the Australians uh, in the last lap. It was Neil Brooks of Australia, and um, I think it was uh, Kopolov of the Soviet Union racing to the line and goal, goal, goal for Australia. Mm. It's iconic. And uh, what a great man! What's your great moment, Zorb? What do you look back with Hartley? And think, gee, that was the moment I really nailed or that was the moment I enjoyed most. There must be one moment that just stands out in your epic careers. Yeah, grand final won by Canberra um, against uh, Balmain Tigers, 1989, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yep, and uh, it was it was a great game of football. And to, uh, to win it the way they did on the bell, Canberra uh, with Ricky Stewart on the side and other great players. It was a memorable grand final to call, one of the greatest games, and also the second test in, in um, at uh, in Manchester in 1990 when Australia got beaten in the first test at Wembley. We had to win the second to keep the series alive, and a great try mm. late in the game uh, for Australia, which went the length of the field, involving Ricky Stewart and uh, Mal Meninga. It was and Cliffy Lyons. It was uh, a great moment and was wonderful to be there and and call it and Hollywood went off his nut. <laughs> you know, and quite rightly so. It was a great moment. Hey, you saw West Tigers. Where are we at? Just before that, mm-hmm. I, I I just want to say um, I get amazed when I'm stopped uh, by people from uh, um, a, a long way away, and maybe we can do something in the next couple of weeks uh, uh, and, and and take a call from people who think they're the furthest away from. Um, where you boys broadcast each week, and uh, we've got a we've got a fan up in um, Cairns, and he never misses a game. His name is Ron Haynes. He's been in touch with me. He's a mad manly supporter, and he never misses the program. So, good morning to you up there in beautiful Cairns, Ronnie Haynes, and um, to all our listeners that um, mm. that tune in um, outside of uh, of Sydney and go out of their way to uh, join us every Sunday morning. Yeah, on your own. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, and and if you are SMSing, not everyone does, but um, just put your suburb or where you're from, because we don't know sometimes where people are from, obviously. And um, that's great. We've got we have got listeners. I know in Tasmania and Adelaide and Perth as well. The world, right? The world. You the world. You reckon we're going global? Of course, we're going global. Hey Zorb, I don't know if I can keep my man's ego in check much longer. I'm out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Zorba. Okay, let's get into it. Yeah, we West Tigers. Up. What's happening, Zorba? What's happening? Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm very impressed with the Rabbits. They're off and running now, and um, that's four losses in a row to the Melbourne Storm. I don't think I've seen uh, their coach, Craig Bellamy, as as down as he was in, in the press conference. Um, 
after the game. He um, he said he's not confident that he can turn the side around. They're at the crossroads. Um, and that's a, a big statement coming from him. Yeah. They were completely outclassed by uh, by uh, a good South Sydney side last night. Latrell Mitchell um, certainly made a difference just in confidence in that uh, that Sydney side, South Sydney side. And uh, Alex Johnson keeps going from strength to strength um, on the left wing for South Sydney. 24-12 to 12 win. Uh, there are signals that the great... Melbourne Storm uh, era is uh, is coming to a to a halt. They are they're struggling now. They're out of the four. Um, I can't remember the last time they were out of the four, and um, and they're struggling. So it's going to be uh, an interesting run in for uh, for them from here on in. Of course, with Pappenhausen out. Um, they're going to struggle. I, I think you can wipe them out. They're not a premiership threat. If they're gone, Zorb, Penrith, are there any legitimate challenges? Well, when Billy Kickow and Coruscant go at the end of the season, it may have a marked effect. But right now, no club is showing signs of really threatening the dominance of the Panthers. One loss in 18 games, 10 points clear of their nearest rivals, scored the most points, conceded the least. They've overcome the origin drain like no other club has. Um, They've had an absent head coach. And they've overcome COVID as well. Last night was a rarity for their home fans. They were down 10 to 6 at half time against the Sharks. It took um, less than a half, a half a minute in the second half to hit the lead with a brilliant try and then grind out a 20 to 10 win over a really brave Shark side that have improved a lot under first season coach Craig Fitzgibbon. So, where are the dangers, if any, uh, to a back to back success? Southcliffe Mitchell, maybe. Cowboys Flair's good. Maybe the Broncos. But I can't see a real threat on the horizon. If they, Even if they don't stay healthy, they've got great backup. They play Para away, Parramatta away, Canberra away, and the Storm in the next three weeks to keep them busy. Um, Parramatta's are only lost this season, so that'll be interesting, and they need to... Uh, uh, to lift their game, but I, I really can't see a danger, but you never know in the in the games ahead, and Mitchell is certainly igniting South Sydney, and mm-hmm. and I thought they were um, terrific last night in that win over uh, over uh, Melbourne. They really dominated the game. I kept thinking, well, the Storm will come back, but they didn't. You know, mm-hmm. it was 10-6 at half time. That's as close as they got. Um uh, South Sydney just looks so good at the moment and look are playing with so much confidence. And you've got to give a rap to their, their head coach, Jason Demetrio. Yep. Um, first season as a head coach, and he's um, he's doing everything right there at South Sydney. They're looking um, they're looking fantastic. Now they are. They won the last four, six, their last seventy to said Zorb, and they are building nicely. Storm in a spot of bother, but you'd think Zorb, the top seven now. Are pretty much decided. Then we get to the Roosters, Manly, Canberra and St. George Illawarra. Four well, into one. Four, oh, yeah, oh, you, you might be trying to you know, you might be trying to feel a yeah, lot possibly. better than you felt yeah. the other night when you watched them play, but they're not safe on 24. Mm. Um, I think Good the call. Roosters the Roosters are coming home strongly. Those four clubs on, on 20, mm. um, which are the Roosters in eighth, Manly ninth, Raiders tenth, and Dragons 20th. It's interesting. The Roosters <laughs> play Manly at uh, Four Pines Stadium on Thursday night. So that'll sort one of them out. 
And the way the Roosters are going, I think it'll be them carrying on. Um, I think Manly are in real trouble. I'll speak about that in, the, in a moment. I don't think Penrith. I don't think the Eels are home either. Um, I think the Raiders are coming home strongly. Mm. They'll move to 22 points along with either the Roosters and Manly next week because they play the Titans and the Dragons. Well, they got a tough one. They play the Cowboys. So I, I don't think the Dragons will make it. I think the Roosters will, which leaves Manly and the Raiders and and the Dragons out of it if the Eels can start to win a few games. But I I wanna I wanna have a bit of a go mm-hmm. at two veteran coaches for what I reckon were stuff ups over this last round so far. Mm-hmm. And the coaches are Des Hasler and Brad Arthur. But now Brad Arthur took his side to the Central Coast for the lead-up to Thursday's home game against Brisbane. And his side were flat as last week's open lemonade on the end of a 36-14 to 14 hammering. And as a result, Para are seventh and suddenly in the danger zone. Des Hasler opted for his side to stay in a motel close to Cogra on the night before stumbling to a 20-6 to 6 loss to St George Illawarra. And they now find themselves out of the top eight. Now, why Hasler opted for the hotel instead of a 40-minute bus trip from Brookvale is a mystery to me. Mm. So, too, are some of his selections. A big heavyweight prop in Toff Sipley at lock. The rookie Ben Travojevic ahead of Ethan Bullimore. It backfired. Um, well, a boom youngster, Josh Schuster, under Hasler, has lost all his confidence in his game. Manly play the Roosters and Parramatta in consecutive home games coming up. And two losses would see them right out of touch for the top eight. And that would be a disaster on the back of what Manly did last year and, and what they were doing a few weeks back. Mm. Parramatta play Penrith. They're the only side this year that's beaten Penrith. I don't think it'll happen twice in the one season. But if they don't win that one, teams move up level with them. And then they play Manly the week after away. So a big couple of weeks coming up for those two clubs. But I, I just find it difficult to understand why you would take players that have been under COVID conditions for a couple of years anyway, why you take them out of their comfort zone and take them away. What did, what did Manly do all day on on the lead-up to the game against St George. Maybe they're just trying something different. Maybe just trying something different, the coach, rather than have have the same routine, just trying something different to get a different mindset. Obviously, it didn't work, but let's try something different, Zorg, maybe. They won four out of five before Mm. the loss to St George. So whatever they were doing was okay. Um, I I just think they were blunders. And and the way they played, they'd have to have a look at it, whether they'd do it again. Mm. Um, I thought poor decisions and both coaches under pressure now. No, fair enough. Hey, so two games to complete round 19 uh, this afternoon. Bulldogs take on the Gold Coast. Bit of spice this. Now, and that's uh, at the current odds, the Bulldogs are $1.58 head-to-head. Gold Coast two forty. Then North Queensland $1.05 to beat the Tigers. $10 head-to-head, Zorb. I can't wait for the Bulldogs-Titans game. Mm. We've got... Um, Tavita versus Tino today. Yep. Um, you've got Tavita. Game on, Zorb. Game on this. Pango Jr. versus uh, Tino Fasamalu. And um, expect fireworks. Um, 
you know, um, nothing more for Tavita. He loves collision. And he'll be riding shotgun today for Matty Burton following what happened in uh, Origin 3 um, with Tino. Um, uh, and that will be very interesting. Um, will the Titan skipper dare target the dog's gun, Matt Burton, today when, uh, when Burton puts up his high kicks? It is going to be so interesting and uh, can't wait for that game. But I still think the Bulldogs have really improved. And uh, congratulations to them, the way they're playing. Um, and, and I think that um, Mick Potter's done a terrific job um, coming in as a uh, stand-in coach. And uh, Bulldogs today, 13-plus to beat the Titans. And the Cowboys, 13-plus to beat the Tigers, who are just going from bad to worse. But I want to give them a wrap off the field. Some terrific success for them. The West Tigers passed 20,000 members this week. A tremendous effort considering where they are on the table and where they've been for the last five or six seasons. Um, Tim Sheen's back home. Benji Marshall coming into the coaching, giving up all his media work to do it so we know how serious he is. Uh, it's gone down well with the fans. Yes. I think that's a terrific effort and full marks to them uh, off the field, even though um, they're dreadful on it. <laughs> and full marks to you as always, Zorb. Um, enjoy your Sunday, and we'll talk next week. See you, Zorb. Gold, gold, gold for Australia. See you, boys. <laughs> There's Peter Peters talking all things sport. Don't forget, um, after the break, we'll have our question about the Z and Z uh, quiz. You can win a Z and Z NRL watch of your choice. Listen to Dino and Ray in a big sports breakfast weekend. Sue Grills, a life in horses. My grandfather was a trainer and jockey, and my father was a jockey and trainer. Sort of always been in our family, racing, that's for sure. I think I was always going to work with horses, that's all I ever thought about. And probably oh, when I was at high school, I guess, I became more involved. I started to ride a little bit of track work before I went to school, and yeah, and just progressed, yeah. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Thinking about your next build or renovation? Wideline Windows and Doors has all the planning tools at your fingertips. Their website is full of inspirational ideas to make your project a success. Advice and tips to get you started, even a colour selector and window planning tool. Plus, free online quotes are returned in 48 business hours. Just upload your plans or tell them what you need. Easy. There's never been a better time to take a closer look at the Wideline Windows and Doors website, www.wideline.com.au. Foreign-owned bookies like Sportsbet and Ladbrokes are taxed less than other Australian gambling products. Support our call for Fair Play. Visit fairplaycoalition.com.au for more details. Authorised by Aussie Fair Play Coalition Proprietary Limited, Melbourne. Always thought owning a racehorse was too expensive? It doesn't have to be. Patriot Bloodstock offers racehorse shares for syndication at an affordable entry-level price point with fixed-price training fees. Our horses are country trained, and whether your horse wins at Wagga or Ramwick, the thrill is the same. We've had great success sourcing quality horses that won't send you broke, and we love first-time owners. Check out what's available at www.patriotbloodstock.com.au. Patriot Bloodstock, an authorised representative of Stable Connect. AF licence number 33696. The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe, first time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. Remember, they are the three fastest. 
we've ever seen. And McLaughlin is in front by miles. Watch the clock. 51-41 is the world record. This is utterly staggering. Take a moment to savour this. We're watching a once-in-a-generation athlete performing at the peak of her powers. And it is a new world record. Femke Ball takes the silver. Dalila Mohamed the bronze. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakend. Hey, Dino, that, that's my man, Tim Hutchins. That's him. Yeah, how good is he? He's fantastic, Now, now right? he was calling there the women's 400-metre hurdles final. Now, seriously, Dino, that was extraordinary. A lady called Sydney McLaughlin from America. The world record was 51.41 for the 400-metre hurdles, okay? She has run 50.68. She's absolutely smashed the world record. The next two fastest women in history were chasing her. She's won by about 20 metres. It was one of the most extraordinary things you've ever seen. And her time, her time would have placed her, Dino, seventh in the women's 400 metre flat final. Sydney McLaughlin, an absolute star. A moment captured by my man, Tim Hutchings. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm over you and Tim Hutchings. What? I'm over it. You're in love with this bloke. No, I'm not. And it's got to end. You know what? (laughs) I'm going to go back in time to a bloody great Australian. This is what sporting commentary is all about. Forget your man. What about this man? The crowd's going mild. Australia in front. It's Neil Brooks into Parkoff. Forget the rest. It's Brooks into Parkoff. Who can win? Brooks is just a fraction in front. Both days take to go. 15 metres from a gold medal for Australia. 15 metres. 10 metres now. Brooks in front. It could be Australia's goal. 5 metres. 4, 3, 2, 1. Gold. Gold to Australia. Gold. 345.7. An absolutely fantastic performance. What a Still brilliant fantastic. Call. And Martin from Glenbrook, to be fair, did chime in and said uh, in an SMS that Norman May never said gold, gold, gold. He said gold, gold to, to Australia. Australia, gold. Uh, well done, Martin from Glenbrook. Great part of the world. Do you know the best hamburgers ever were at, at an Ampol service station at Glenbrook? Seriously. At a servo? Best. And I wonder if Martin's been there long enough to remember that it's since changed hands, but they were unbelievable. Our ZNZ watch question. Now, the first SMS or caller to answer this question correctly will win a ZNZ watch of their choice. What did Zorba say was his greatest moment in his calling career? What did Zorba say was his greatest moment in his calling career? Call now on 135353, SMS 0419767272. If you have the answer, we'll give you the winner very, very shortly. Dino, plenty of people want to have their say um, about all things sport. Mick's on the line. Mick, good morning. How are you, boys? Yeah, hey, how Mick. are you, Mick? What do you got for us, mate? Mate, just give me a call back, you hundred. Oh, this is the great Mickey Wayman. St. George. Great, the legend. Hey. How are we? How's Maria, mate? Mate, the sun's come up. Beautiful. Cows are moving. You're on the farm now? Yeah, mate, Sunday's my farm day. Um, listen to you boys every Sunday and have a little laugh at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> don't we, we laugh at ourselves too, don't worry, Mick. Hey, Mick, what are you doing these days? Obviously, you're, you're in farming, but are you still involved in rugby league? Yeah, mate, look after the under nine, the Mighty Maria Sharks. Yeah. We had a big win uh, yesterday. Well, so, you know, I've been involved with the juniors since I come home. and uh, sort of give the seniors away now. It's got a bit too much on. People forget uh, 2010 St George of the Water Premiership yeah. winner. Mm. 
New South Wales and Australia. One yeah. of the great front rowers of the modern great era, Mick Wayman. Yeah. Really bad head, but a great front rower. No, Mary's at your place, Paul. <laughs> no, Mary's at your place. <laughs> that's not very nice, Mick. That's I a great line. I reckon that line might, uh, producer Steve might cut that up and put it in. <laughs> hey, hey, Mick, that's outstanding. I really appreciate the, the call. What do you farm down there, mate? No, I've got cattle and sheep down here, mate. Okay. Uh, yeah. They're about 120, so I've got a fair few going on, so it's been good. It's a beautiful part of the world. Have you, how have you gone with the rain? Have you received as much as, say, Sydney and... Because it's been up and down the east coast all year, hasn't it? How have you gone, mate? We've yeah, we've been pretty lucky compared to everyone else. Um, you know, like uh, my father passed away three years ago, and in that time we had the farm ten years, and I think we're, well, he's been gone three years now, and had ten since. So uh, yeah, fair to say, I've had a fair bit. Everything's still wet underfoot. You yeah. can't really get too far without getting bogged, but you know, we can't complain. Uh, hey, Mick, that's a great attitude, and. A, Sorry to hear about that um, uh, passing. But, Mahe, look, really appreciate you calling in. I know um, Dino often talks about you with fondness. And, no, it's uh, not. Yes, you do. <laughs> hey, hey, Mickey does. Don't so, lie, Ray. No, you always say, remember the great St. George front row? I said, no, yeah, he's a good man, Mick. Mick. One of the better ones. Talks a big game, Ray. What's that, mate? He talks a big game. <laughs> he does. He certainly does. <laughs> hey, Mick, good on you. Thanks for calling in, mate. And, Thanks, legend. And, uh... Sorry to take you out of your farming on a, an important Sunday morning. No worries, boys. Congratulations on your uh, achievements. Thanks, Thanks so much, Mick. Good Mick. man, mate. That's terrific, isn't it? Yeah, yeah good fellow, big Mick. Yeah, uh, terrific bloke. I was at that um at the uh, the grand final that day with my son and daughter, and uh, he had a fantastic game. And I'll never forget the thing that absolutely staggered me was when they did the um the, the victory lap Lapa afterwards, yep. and the players were stopping and signing autographs, etc. Wayne Bennett. He couldn't go a step without the next person grabbing him, the next person. He ended up, the players were up the other end of the field, almost finishing the lap. He was still down at the other end in the corner. It took him forever to get around, but it, it was great, great scenes. We have a winner for the ZNZ um, NRL watch. We've got um, to give one to give away every week through until the grand final. And Martin from East Lakes has won the watch. And there you go, a bit of um, coincidence there. He's a Dragon supporter. So Beautiful. You had a win. Just listen to Mick Wayman, and he's won his watch. Gary's on the line. Gary, good morning. Good morning. I just quickly want to speak about the Parramatta coach, but before that, the way to look, you cannot get frustrated when you play Penrith. If you do, you'll be losing because they strangle you in your half. And what happens when you get an opportunity? And prime example was Nick Hines. There was twelve minutes to go. They're in the game. They're in the Panthers twenty. He throws a long ball. Similar to the grand final with Walker. Couldn't get out of their own half. Half I made a break, long ball. Don't get frustrated. Keep chipping away and see what happens after 80 minutes. I just want to speak about Brad Arthur because I'm a little bit concerned. Mm -hmm. There was talk midweek about him being shopped around. And then Brad denied it. He's got to clear his name. He's got to challenge the reporter or go back to his manager. Because if he doesn't, the, the players are not going to respond to him because Parramatta were playing to, to get in the top four. Mm. The top four, and there's talk about him being shopped around. Not being sacked, it's different. Being shopped around. He, he's got a problem. If he doesn't fix that and challenge the manager or the reporter and clear his name, I don't think he'll be coaching going forward in the NRL. That's how I think you'll find, Gary, that the, the club that uh, was... Uh, 
not mentioned per se, but the mm. club that he was shopped to was the Bulldogs. I don't know the conversation between Brad's manager and Phil Gould, whether it was a passing comment, whether it was a full-blown, we are ready to move. I don't understand the contents of that, so we'll just have to take it on face value. But certainly there was contact made as far as I know. And towards the end of the game, Jacob Arthur came on. And, Dino, we were there, and as you know, Tanya loves it. Parramatta and a lot of booing. I think it's really unfair. unfair. I, I don't know why. Really I couldn't understand it. The kids come on and I feel sorry for the kids. The game was over. Parramatta were beaten. The kids come on and he was booed. Like I, I just don't understand that. I don't understand hey, that. Dino Rook here on my behalf um, didn't give the answer to which was the 1989 Grand Final. Sorbers' great greatest sporting moment. So congratulations again to Martin from East Lates. He's won a Dragons watch, and we'll give one away again next weekend, right through until the Grand Final. Rod's on the line. Rod from now. Good morning, Rod. Boys, how are you? Good. How are you? How, how are you feeling, mate? Oh, I'm pretty happy. Good couple of questions for there, Dino. Just some first question, Dino. What's the ruling on the NRL shoulder charge? Because I know Kickout didn't hurt Tracy because he, he didn't put an act on. But that's definitely a penalty. No penalty. Ken Hickam. The game's 14-10. You wouldn't have mind a free 40 metres down the field, but, you know, that's a lot. And quickly, Dino, I don't think you're really wrapping the Sharks last night. When you look at that game... They led 10-0, OK, after 10 minutes, which means they got 80% of the ball. Now, this is why Penrith's so good. They were able to turn that around by half-time, mm. where, where Penrith had 58% of the ball and Cronulla had 42. Now, the turning point on that game was definitely Cronulla didn't come out properly when that trial just after half-time. That's something they'll learn from. But I know which should be sitting telling these boys they're not that far away. Yeah. And, and with an even amount of possession, or maybe just a little bit more, if we can get, say, 52% to their 48, this comp's not over at all. No. I think you're being a bit over-exaggerating. No, no, I didn't say it was over, um, Rod. I just questioned who, chal- who would be the challengers. And certainly after last night, you think Corella was right there in the mix. As for that kick out, look, I thought it was a shoulder charge, Ray. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't particularly... no arms wrapped around him, was there? I mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't like those being penalties. I think it's a tough, hard game. Let's play on mm. in the old days when I loved rugby league, but in this day and age, it was a, a shoulder charge and it should have been punished. Yeah. One of our listeners, just quickly, Dino, um, a quick aside, he sent an SMS. Are you getting my SMSs? We got that one. Haven't got any earlier, Simon, so hopefully if you have sent some, you can resend them. But call now for the League Super Quiz. Call now on 135353. That's 135353 to be part of the League Super Quiz. Hunter's Postmortem with Dave Stanley. Racing officials are keeping an eagle eye on what's happening there in the UK and whip reel changes and analysis. David Gately. Visually, the aesthetics of the sport and that's where the whip comes into it. I think it's really important, not for us, but a hardcore, but for the greater good of the sport. Glenn Munsey. The people that have the loudest voice are the people that have the least amount of knowledge about what's going on. Hunter's Postmortem. Winter edition. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. Winter racing just got cosier. Introducing the Winter Chalet at Royal Randwick. This stylish Alpine-inspired retreat is the hottest ticket in town with live music, eclectic winter cocktails, whiskey tasting and memorable menus, all against the backdrop of thrilling racing. Winter Chalet tickets provide all-day access into the stables and ATC members' reserve. It's a great way to experience being a member for the day. July 23 and August 6 at Royal Randwick. Book now at theracers.com.au. 
Lano, how did French door fridges get their name? Je ne sais pas. What does that mean? I don't know. In French. Don't show off. Mum, right now we're showing off our French door fridges at Bingley. That's why I asked. And we've got a bonus Bingley gift card up to $300 on selected ones. They are so convenient. Because they open like French doors in a house. Ah, that's the answer. What answer? Get a bonus Bingley gift card on selected French door fridges. Bingley, better living every day. Karingal Stud continues to provide outstanding value for broodmare owners in 2022. Dual Group 1 winner prized icon is joined by exciting prospects Sandbar and Last Kingdom, as well as the consistent sire the Brothers War. With rates that few can match, Karingal Stud boasts first-class facilities in the heart of the Riverina. The magnificent 3,000-acre thoroughbred nursery offers permanent and seasonal adjustment for spellers, yearlings and weanlings. Contact Angus Lamont at Karingal Stud. Tycoon Lil, one of the first to break the line. She flew the gate and going forward. Kenwood Melody, the three-year-old on the outside. Super Slew and Might and Power Handy. Wider out Northern Drake and Batavian goes up on the inside of the winning post the first time. Jimmy lets him go on the turn and it's Might and Power two or three in front from Tycoon Lil. Northern Drake down the outside. Tycoon Lil can't go on. Might and Power in front. He's going to get it. The earth starts to rumble. Might and Power takes a cock split. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Oh, that brings back memories, Dino. That was Brian Martin calling might and power winning the 1998 Cox Plate and the late, great Nick Moratis. Great scenes post-race when he ran almost as fast as his horse, the own might and power, up and down the outside fence of the home straight doing high fives. It was great, great theatre. And just quickly, Dino, a good friend of ours, Liz Steed, has sent us a nice um, text, just uh, congratulations on our 100th show. Liz, of course, is a physiotherapist for the stars. She got my shoulder sort of moving when no one else could. So, Liz, um, forever indebted to you. Liz, he did Origin for many years mm. with the Blues. Absolutely. Yeah. Laurie Daly. Legend. Absolute actually, legend. You, you put me on to Liz. So I did. You and I Jamie did. Rogers, so thanks so much. I'm it's still waiting for my 5% cut too, Liz. You get paid. Oh, you can't say it to Liz. Or you Why? have to go at me. No, well, I'll give, I'll give someone business. It's called a spot Liz is fee. doing her best, and she looks after you and your bad back, apparently. You've got a bad back, is it right? I had one. Had one. There you go. Lizzie she worked wonders. All right. Good on you, Lizzie. Yeah, she's a star. In in studio is producer Steve for the coin toss for Tails, the league. Please, Super Steve. quiz. Dino. Here we go. Heads, Raymond. Heads it is. Um, we'll stick to formula. I'll, I'll go number two. You'll go number two? All right. Well, I'm at number one. That would be you, Jim. Yeah, good morning. Congratulations on the show. Oh, thanks, good on Jim. you, Jim. Good man, mate. Thank you for listening. Question number one. How many New South Wales-based teams compete in the 2022 NRL season? New South Wales-based teams. Uh, 11. No, oh, 10. It's a tough one. You've got to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to start going through 10. Yeah. None from one, Jim. Let's rip into question number two. Where was Melbourne Storm second rower? Kenny Bromwich born. Was it A, Townsville, B, Auckland, C, Port Moresby? Auckland. Correct. Mm, on the board. Good one. Jim, question number three. Which NRL stadium's address is 16 Beasley Avenue, Penrose? Is it Wynn Stadium, A, GIO Stadium, B, or C, Mount Smart Stadium? I'd go A. 
He almost gave it away. Jeez, Jim, I tried to give you a leg up there. <laughs> One of the worst of all time. <laughs> did you know it was Mount Smart Stadium? I did. I okay. did. Yes. Still, one's okay, so Jim's on the ball. We'll go over to Simo now. He's player number two. Good morning, Simo. G'day, boys. How are you? How are you feeling confident, mate? One to tie, two to win. Sounds good. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Best of luck. How many Sydney-based teams are in the NRL top eight? Seven. Uh, there's fives at the moment. So, okay, Simo, question number two. Need this to tie it up. Where was Newcastle Centre Dane Gagai born? It's multiple choice. A, Mackay. B, Newcastle. C, Townsville. Go Mackay. Yeah, lovely part of the world. Great Mackay. Love Mackay. Question number three. This is for the $100 cash card. Best of luck, Simo. Which company is on the back of the 2022 Melbourne Storm jersey. A, is it Red Z? B, Car Sales. C, Grilled. Uh, the first one, Red Z. Yeah, unfortunately it was C, Grilled. So, Simo, that's okay. We're in a tiebreaker situation, so you're still alive. Here's the tiebreaker question. How many people have been awarded life membership of the Melbourne Storm? And Simo, the answer is between one and one hundred people. I'll go fifty-three. Okay, Simo, stay on the line. Dino, over to you. Jim, we're in a tiebreaker. You ready? Yep. Let's go. How many people have been awarded life membership of the Melbourne Storm? And the answer is between one and one hundred. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we'll go back to Simo because Jim's gone a little bit over the top there. You did. I said one and one hundred. Yeah, Jim's gone one hundred and four. Clearly enough, but Simo, hey Simo, you're our winner. Congratulations, mate. Thanks very much. I'm from Tamworth too, mate. Oh, how is it up up at home, mate? Yeah, it's a nice day today. Is it? Yeah. Now you had much rain. Uh, no, we've been pretty lucky. Yeah, my mum hardly goes out these days. She's so worried about COVID. So, um, but I've got to get up home sooner rather than later. Hey, I bet you it's a pretty cold morning, Simo. Uh, yeah, it is a bit fresh, yeah. Yeah, oh, terrific. Hey, Simo, you, your answer was 53. The actual answer was 31, so you were closest. So stay on the line, Simo, because a $100 cash card, courtesy of Tab, is going your way. Score check, Dino. Uh, 16-9, you've kicked clear again. What about this text? Inflection on C. Who? OMG. Not me. No I don't know who they referred to. It wasn't me. Uh, Mount Smart Stadium. I beg your pardon. Biggest giveaway You got it all. wrong. Coming up next, we've got. You're kidding. Coming up next is Jared Daffy with today's life lesson. And now, Jared Daffy's life lesson. Uh, Jared, good morning. Morning, boys. Well, I think we're going to have to bring back the inflections. <laughs> this is a slaughter. <laughs> we just well, got got a text from our good friend Michael Carianis. Jim should be investigated for quiz fixing. <laughs> he got it wrong. What, backwards? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another one Congratulations here. on the 18th sh- uh, eight, 100th show. Yeah, one, Sorry, yeah. 100th. I'm sounding like Jim. Uh, I can remember <laughs> all of those, uh, oh, it's years ago now, when they said, Dean who? But hasn't he come of age, Ray? I've He's grown. a legitimate A-lister now, probably oh, one of the greatest broadcasters in the history. And maybe that was the idea behind the question this morning, because no one's actually brought Dino up as 
you know, a uh, commentator to the stars. But he's there. <laughs> this is lovely of you, Jared. I feel that we are growing as friends. But you should read out that SMS. It's just coming. <laughs> yeah, SMS has come through. It says, A little spray. After Dino's one. display today, I doubt there'll be show 101. <laughs> <laughs> you can't please everyone, Jared. Hey, Jared, what's our no, life lesson, can't. mate? What's our life lesson? Is a fruit fly healthier than a normal fly? <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, fruit, fruit fly is largely regarded as a pest, isn't it? So... But so are oh, all right. flies, aren't they? But, um, yeah, possibly, I do, I, yeah. It's a really good one. I do like it. Mate, where do you get these from, Jared? I just think about them driving down the freeway. <laughs> okay. Actually, Noah could have done us a favour there as well, getting rid of those yeah, flies. Exactly. Why point. didn't he swap them as well as the mosquitoes? Yeah, no, that's like a, a, a two very, very pertinent points. Speaking of pertinent, as the weight Rex Mossop would often say, pertinent league matters. Remember that, Dino? Yes. Controversy corner. NRL, Dino's raised the question, Jared, are there any challenges or who are the challenges to the Pampers? Well, it's nearly got to be the Queensland sides. Mm. The flag at flag premiership at the moment, Penrith two dollars, the Cowboys eight, Melbourne at nine, but I don't think there's going to be any takers there this week. Cronulla nine, Brisbane thirteen, Parramatta out to fifteen, Souths into fifteen, and the Roosters nineteen, then fifty one or better for the rest. And you've had some discussions this morning about who's likely to make it. Well, that market to make the eight, Parramatta out to one fifteen, Souths a dollar and eight. The Roosters one seventy five and Manly two fifteen, so it's game on for the rest of the season. But I think, uh, and actually, the Cowboys and Cronulla have been the two least popular of all of those sides left in contention at the moment. So you're probably getting an inflated price them. Melbourne are probably under the odds because they were back before the season got underway. And don't forget, what five six weeks ago they were three dollars twenty five. Mm. Uh, so the wheels have completely fallen mm. off there. But um, well, I guess it depends who finishes in the top four, but the, the Queensland side's on track at the moment. AFL, Jared? Uh, today, we've got uh, Collingwood and Essen and probably one of the games of, game. of the round. And these two sides hate each other. Collingwood $1.74, Essen and $2.10. But a pretty sad day for Collingwood yesterday, losing Billy Pick and Ray and also Con Britt, a couple of mm. uh, fabulous players from the 70s. So... Uh, you'd think they'd be up for that today. Uh, Carlton first up a dollar sixteen. The Giants five twenty. A line of thirty two and a half points. And the West Coast three thirty. St Kilda a dollar thirty four. Twenty and a half points. And as far as that premiership is concerned, Geelong favourites now three twenty five. And so they should be. Melbourne at three fifty. And once again, forty two percent of the premiership money is for Melbourne. So they're probably under the odds on what we've seen recently. Mm. Three fifty. Swans eight dollars. Brisbane ten. Frio and Carlton, 13. Collingwood, 17. Richmond, 21. And the Bulldogs, on the back of that win last night, they're into $26. They've come back to the field a bit, haven't they, the Ds? Yeah, they have. Mm. Uh, they're struggling. I don't know, where, don't know what it is, whether it's premiership hangover or sides have worked them out, but they're clearly not the side they were last year and at the start of the season. Jared, text message just come in from Fitzy saying, Morning, boys. Bulldog, you're the Patrick Reid of the quiz. A bit harsh. But what about this one? Very interesting. Craig from Tamworth. Morning, boys. Definitely an inflection from Ray when he said 1 to 100. No wonder Bulldogs bloke, Jim, had no chance choosing 104. I don't want to bag my own because Craig's from Tamworth. But what, what does that mean? 1 to 100? That's well, all you can say. The answer's he, between 1 to 100. He's suggesting that you didn't enunciate that correctly. So my man... I'm inclined to agree. There you what? go. What? Two weeks in a row you... Well, it's the, it's the readers, the, uh, the listeners, Ray, not me. 
But it's Ray, a- since you've come back from the UK, <laughs> your your personality and persona exactly. has changed. I've noticed you, it. You've oh, you yeah, now yeah. become a cheat. It, it's, it's distinct change of hey, personality. Can I just ask a question? This might even be a life lesson for you next week, Jared. How can right. you cheat when you say the answer's between 1 and 100? How can I don't you know, but I'm sure we can find an <laughs> exactly. excuse. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Jeez, I'm getting hammered here. <laughs> Jared, lucky you're into... Actually, no, Jared, unlucky you're into state because... Dina's going to take over for a cup of minutes because I'm trying to finish off my cupcake, which Tanya baked for our 100th show. And they show. are spectacular. Can hoovered his. I've been uh, trying to eat mine. There's been no delivery at the door, Tanya. Yeah, no. And it's, it, no, well, we're a bit no, scared no. if we delivered six, so they'd be yeah, wooked down in eight to seconds. Say, they're not going to leave Maybe it'll be, the same, <laughs> it'll be in the same package as that hat or that cup or something you were going to send me 12 months ago. <laughs> what about the rugby championships, Jared? We've opened that market this week, and all of a sudden the All Blacks are a little bit vulnerable, aren't they? They open $1.85, South Africa two seventy five, so they move in round one. And Australia will be in Argentina. Australia five fifty, Argentina twenty six. I'm not sure whether that's next week or the week after, but uh, yeah, interesting now with New Zealand losing that series against Ireland. Uh, soccer women's Euro twenty twenty. It's heating up. It's heating up. Yeah, mm. it is. We're down to four left. We've got the first semi final open. This one's Wednesday morning. England a dollar seventy five. Draw three forty, Sweden at four seventy five. The other quarter final was decided a couple of hours ago, so that other market as well as the title market will be open very, very shortly. And the Commonwealth Games, well, I've been rambling on about the World Athletics Championships all morning. Dino's had enough of it, but I found it fascinating. It sets up for the Commonwealth Games starting in Birmingham, England on Fridays. Um, Jared? It does. Now Australia are a dollar twenty five to win most gold ahead of England at four dollars. That wouldn't surprise too many. We've got a lot of medal markets open. Australia over and under 68 and a half gold and the over so we've got to win 69 or more for those punters to win has been 190 into 180 plenty of uh, markets already open obviously it's going to be a hectic week with uh, week one of the swimming but as an example we've got hockey men's and women's gold the cricket uh, the ladies there $1.60 the sevens for both men's and women's uh, badminton beach volleyball netball uh, the Aussies favourites there and squash for men's and women's as well so in the coming days we'll have practically every gold medal open but there's plenty there now if you want to go and have a little read. Oh, looking forward to it. Hey, um, cheer home those Blue Boys for us this afternoon, Jared. Must win. Oh, they'll win. The Giants. Yeah. They'll win. If they lose this, they're suddenly right back amongst it then. So. Yeah, it's getting a little bit congested there at the bottom part of the eight. It is, yeah. Hey, good on you, Jared. We'll talk next week. Thanks, mate. See you, lads. There's Jared Daffy talking all things sporting odds for this weekend. Phil Moss is about to join us. Plenty to talk about in the world of football. Mossy, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Morning, Bulldog. How are you hey, going? Uh, fantastic. And our man, Ange, he's got a major signing for Celtic. He certainly has, and it's a major signing for our World Cup mm. uh, chances as well because it's Aaron Moy, and uh, we saw how brilliantly he played in the last two qualifiers to help us over the line to get to Qatar, and uh, and that was without any game time in something like six months. Um, so the, the work that he was doing behind the scenes to stay fit was miraculous. His performances were brilliant. So imagine what he can do at the World Cup uh, mm. playing regularly for Celtic. So it's a huge signing for Ange um, and uh, Harry Kuehl, of course, who's there at Celtic as the assistant coach. Tommy Rogic departed. Um, we've had another player, Scotty McDonald, who who made headlines at um, at Celtic uh, 2007 to 10, I think it was. Uh, scored a lot of goals, but uh, this is a major signing for Celtic and, and for the Socceroos. I know, having spoken to Graham Arnold, over the last couple of days, he is absolutely uh, over the moon with this signing because he will get one of his key players uh, match fit and sharp for the big tournament. I tried to FaceTime Arnie at 
from a local club on Friday night with he, Robbie Slater. He knew better than well, taking your call. He didn't pick up. <laughs> <laughs> He's too smart, aren't he? You, you might have been more chance if it wasn't a FaceTime call, Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> Mossy, Festival of Football uh, has been fantastic. And last night, of course, Man U, Aston Villa, and that ended in a draw. Yeah, it did. It was uh, another another really good game. I, I tell you what, the, the the key highlight for me is how all the EPL teams have approached these games. They haven't come out here for a jolly up. Um, they've taken them very seriously, and the, the quality and the intensity of the games has been very very high. I think even the games where they've taken on our A League teams, I think of um, uh, Melbourne Victory, Brisbane Roar in particular, they've taken them seriously. They've shown them respect, um, and their quality has shone through. Um, on all occasions, but last night, 2-2, it was played in, um, you'd have to call it monsoonal conditions over there in Perth at Optus Stadium, uh, which hosted two games in in two nights, and um, Manchester United went out to a 2-0 half-time lead um, last night with um, Sancho and Rashford, or Matty Cash with an own goal, um, putting Manchester United in the the lead, but Leon Bailey came off the bench for Villa at half-time. He was absolutely outstanding, scored a goal and was a danger. So uh, no doubt Aston Villa fans will be keeping a close eye on Bailey this season. He had a poor season last year, was loaned out, but uh, he's back now under Stevie G and uh, he looks like he's in for a, a, a thumping season. So it ended 2-2. Um, Callum Chambers with the uh, the Villa equaliser with the last kick of the game from a corner um, rose above the defence to head the ball home. But uh, overall, a fair result and um, a lot to look forward to, I think. Uh, Eric Ken mm. Hag, you can see his stamp going to be put on this Manchester United squad and Steven Gerrard have already said it um, publicly. I think Villa are in for a really strong season under him. Yeah, go the great Stevie G. What's latest with Harry Kane though, Mossy? Well, there's uh, there's some talk. That, well, it's not just talk. There's some quotes um, from um, uh, Bayern Munich, um, the, the manager there, Julian Nagelsmann, that uh, they are interested in Harry Kane and um Antonio Conte, the, the Spurs manager, has come out and called it disrespectful because he's still got two years on his contract and that's not usually the way things are done with respect. You don't come out in the media and I, I back Conte on this one 100%. When you've got a player who's contracted uh, for two years, um, you don't come out in the media. If you want to make approaches, you do it respectfully behind the scenes. Um, so, yeah, watch this space because uh, Harry Kane's representatives haven't come out and said it's a firm no. Um, and we all know that Kane was uh, had itchy feet and tried to go to Manchester City. Uh, that fell through because he really wants to win silverware in his career, team silverware. He's got some uh, personal silverware, of course. But um, So, yeah, whether that happens or not, um, you know, he's 28 years of age. Um, we all know what he's done at Spurs, 247 goals in 385 games. So he might just be tempted to go to a massive club like Bayern um, with the chance of uh, playing Champions League football and, and winning titles. What's happening with Ronaldo and Man U, Mossy? The future seems no clearer. Mm. No, that's right, Bulldog. Who, who would have thought Cristiano Ronaldo would be struggling for suitors? It's the first time in his career because whenever he gets uh, itchy feet or he's coming to an end of a contract, they're, you know, they're uh, scrambling for his signature. Um, but Chelsea, Bayern, Barca, PSG, they've all said a firm no. Not interested. Uh, now, he's 37 years of age. He's still got a, another year on his contract at Manchester United. We know he didn't come to Australia on the pre-season tour, and uh, Ten Hag has said he's definitely part of their plans. He may not have no other option, although the thing that crosses my mind is maybe 
um, he's lining up for a big um, a big move to to the MLS in America, um, like some of the superstars have towards the end of their careers um, to set themselves up for life after football with acting deals and you know other other things that happen in America. Um, but that wouldn't include Champions League football, which is the, the big carrot that Ronaldo keeps alluding to. Yeah, good point. The great Pele sort of was the forerunner of all that, wasn't he? he went to That's right. New York, I think, by memory. If, if, yeah, if I, absolutely. Yeah. New York Cosmos That's back right, in the day. Yeah. Hey, uh, Mossy, Manchester City don't lose too many, but looks like they've lost Alex Sinchenko. That's right. He's gone to Arsenal to uh, link up with Mikel Arteta, who they, they became very close during Arteta's... Uh, time as assistant to Pep Guardiola at Man City and uh, Arteta is absolutely raving about this signing. Um, Sinchenko played 128 games for Manchester City. He's 25 left fullback uh, by trade but can also play midfield so the versatility of that um, really excites Arteta. He only played 15 games last season for Man City so he's gone searching for uh, more game time, uh, guaranteed starting position which we all know doesn't exist unless you're playing well but if you are uh, you don't get signed by uh, Arteta to, to sit on the bench. And it adds to uh, the signing of um, Gabriel Jesus uh, from Man City to Arsenal as well. And Zinchenko's got 52 caps for Ukraine. So uh, he's a quality signing for Arsenal, building nicely for Arsenal fans. Terrific. And as always, Mossy, building nicely into the 9 o'clock news. Appreciate your thoughts on a Sunday morning. We'll talk next week. Always a pleasure, guys. Take care. Thanks, There's Mossy. Phil Moss talking the world of football. Here's the news. Hello, I'm Kim Cartwright. The deadline for phasing out high sulphur fuel in Australia is being brought forward three years to reduce air pollution. Our regular unleaded petrol contains 15 times the amount of sulphur than the global standard. Changes to our fuel quality standards will now kick in by 2024 and Federal Energy Minister Chris Bowen says it will also benefit consumers. There are a lot of new cars that are being built so that they comply with much stricter sulphur standards and really need lower sulphur petrol to work properly. A lot of Australians, if they're buying these sorts of cars, are then, ha- then they're having to really think about the type of petrol they're putting in. So it actually will expand the choice of vehicles available. Monkeypox has been officially declared a global health emergency by the World Health Organisation. In Australia, there are more than 40 cases that are either probable or confirmed. Globally, nearly 14,000 people have been infected across 72 countries. World Health Organisation Director-General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus says the spread is concerning. In short, we have an outbreak that has spread around the world rapidly through new modes of transmission about which we understand too little and which meets the criteria in the international health regulations. The New South Wales Premier is eyeing off Japanese rail infrastructure as his visit to Japan winds down. Sean Bindley has more. Dominic Perrottet has spent a day in Hiroshima with Transport Minister David Elliott. He says the state's upcoming train projects could borrow elements of Japan's bullet train technology. It was interesting being at the front of the train and just seeing how straight the track is. Um, and that ensures they can get up to those incredibly high speeds. But we can take lessons from that in Sydney and in New South Wales and make sure that we work on tracks, ensure that they are as straight as possible so that people can get from A to B. Sean Bindley, Air News.
The Ukrainian port of Odessa has been struck by Russian missiles in breach of an agreement to resume grain exports. Under the deal, Moscow had promised not to attack Ukrainian ports or ships, but Odessa MP Alexei Honchakarenko says Russia is responsible for the latest strike on the city. That was attack on the port. There were four missiles and caliber is like the best and Russia called that absolutely precise weapon. So it's not like old Soviet type, but it's precise new missile. So they absolutely consciously attacked Odessa port. The Queensland government has spent more than $40 million on hotel quarantine over five months when just 12 people used the facilities. The state opposition telling the Courier-Mail it would have been cheaper to buy each of them a mansion. Briefly, 10 people have been killed in a coal mine collapse in central China. A cane train and B-double truck have collided north of Mossman in north Queensland. Three men have been arrested in Brazil, charged with the murder of British journalist Dom Phillips and Indigenous guide Bruno Pereira. The men admitted to the killings because they had been photographed by the journalist while illegally fishing in the Amazon jungle. And more than a million tonnes of treated wastewater from the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant will be released into the sea over several decades. Finally, the Guinness World Record has been set for the fastest wheel change on a moving car. How, you ask? Well, a stunt driver pops the car up onto two wheels while the passenger climbs out the side window atop the car and changes the tyre. The Italian pair setting the world record time of 1 minute 17.64 seconds. This is Air News. Kelsey Lee Barber has won gold in the women's javelin at the World Championships in Oregon, becoming the first woman in history to go back-to-back. The Titans are expecting to be tested defensively when they take on the Bulldogs in the NRL this afternoon. Titans coach Justin Holbrook says his team will have to be on the ball. They've gone from playing real conservative to the exact opposite. You know, they're offloading the ball, everybody just throwing it out the back and, and all ready to play, which makes them a dangerous side, which is how they've had a, a few good wins lately. So we know we've got to be really wary of that um, defensively. Wins to the Rabbitohs, Raiders and Panthers last night. The Collingwood Football Club is mourning the death of Billy Pickin at the age of 66. The schoolboy arrived at the Magpies from the MacArthur Footy Club in Victoria's West in 1974. He stayed and ended up playing 212 games across 11 seasons. Pickin is also the father of Bulldogs Premiership player Liam. Geelong remains on top of the AFL ladder after a win over Port Adelaide, but the Cats came out victorious 106-94. In last night's other matches, Sydney beat Adelaide 118-85 and Hawthorne was too good for North Melbourne 121-75. Wins also to Brisbane and Western Bulldogs. The Boomers have been too good for New Zealand in the semi-finals of the Asia Cup. The Aussie basketball side taking the win 85-76. This is Air News. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. The best thing about our pies is the deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and a filling which is bursting with flavour. Plenty of flavours to choose from like lean beef, curry beef, sausage rolls. We even have junior pies that you can give to the whole family. Find us in the Coles and Woolworths chilled meals section. And if you can't find us, ask for us by name. Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country race, is back and gives you the chance to win a share in $1.3 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko, tickets on sale now.
Entry open to New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC1051. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1800 858 858. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Free delivery on KFC's Christmas in July feast. Slay what? Only on the KFC app. Not everywhere, not forever. Offer waves the $8.95 delivery fee only, peeps. In the Sydney CBD, traffic lights are flashing yellow on Kent Street at Margaret Street. Make sure you take care there. Roadworks on the M4 motorway going both ways past the Prospect Highway. A reduced 80 kilometre per hour speed limit in effect. Cat-eye road damage on Wiseman's Ferry Road at O'Brien's Road. As the road closes heading both ways, all vehicles can use Old Northern Road during this time. Don't blink or you'll miss it. The snooze flash sale is now on. Half price on selected mattresses and selected bed frames. Hurry, sale ends Monday. It's amazing what a little snooze can do. T's and C's apply. I'm Thomas Reeve, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. And we'll start with Sydney. Shower 2 clearing and a top of 18 degrees. Melbourne, partly cloudy and 18. Brisbane, sunny Sunday and 22 degrees. Over in Perth, a shower 2 and 16. Showers developing in Adelaide, 20 degrees. Cloudy day for Hobart, just 16 degrees. Sunny Sunday for Darwin. It's always sunny up there this time of year. Top of 29 degrees. One of our listeners um, SMSed early. Dennis, he's heading up for the Darwin Cup next week. I haven't been to one yet. I've got to go. They say it's a great time. Nation's capital, Canberra. Woke up to a cool start today. Just three degrees, but it's going to warm up to partly cloudy Sunday and 17. They start here. They're still short of numbers. Savage, Smith has won the 150th Open. He is the champion golfer of the year. Bounces twice. Whoa! Edric nearly had it. Edric was nearly away. He left the ball behind. Instead, Tedesco was on the other side of the field. Suwali's going to score. Teddy picked it up on the left touch line and then gives the pass for Suwali on the right-hand side. The Brisbane Lions for an eighth consecutive time have triumphed in the Q class, but... It was a tremendous game of footy. Mitchell, oh, he's pulled them. Eremia rushed up. Can't run the power. They've got another. Oh, they're turning it up now, the Bunnies. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the big sports breakfast weekend. And welcome back to the show for our final hour on our 100th show. We've got a few special guests coming on shortly. Tanya with a sports update. Um, haven't mentioned that Phil Buzz Rothfield is not coming on today. Um, Buzz will be back with us next week. Dino, um, Bryce Hayes, uh, terrific trainer at Warwick Farm, good friend of mine, said, Hey, RT, congrats to you and Dino on 100 shows. Hopefully many a 100 more. You guys are a staple on Sunday mornings for myself, my owners, and many more. Beautiful. Nice? Yeah. Very nice words. Here's another text come through from our great friend Dennis Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. The Emperor. Talking about great calls, what about Ray Hadley's great calls at the Sydney Olympics? Kathy Freeman's 400 metre and Jane Savile's disqualification. Mm. Yes, and great Ray Hadley, one of the greatest callers this country great has rugby, ever, ever rugby had. Rugby league caller. Shire Bill's on the line. Dino, Shire Bill, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Yeah, how are you, mate? What do you got for us? I was, um, I was stuck at the um, Bulldogs fan. Yep, Bulldogs fan, yeah. Yeah. I saw I want to say which is the opinion for next year. Next year, next year, Shire Bill. It's a bit of a scratchy old line you got down there. Oh, look, it'll depend on the coach, Shire Bill. I mean, that's going to also 
reverberate into retention and recruitment. I think personally Mick Potter's done an outstanding yeah, job. And they're playing good footy now. They're good and to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. If Mick got the job for another year, it wouldn't bother me one iota. In fact, Is there any chance, Dan? I think he's a chance. I think they're looking elsewhere. I think Mick knows that. He's not silly. But if Mick... Uh, you know, Look, hypothetically, if Cameron Seraldo did stay one more year, that would mean Potter could have 2023 and then hand over to Seraldo in 2024. Look, Shire... Bill, I hope good times lie ahead at Canterbury. It's been a hell of a long time. Mm. 18 years and counting for a premiership. That's just not good enough for a club of Canterbury's size, wealth and history. So, yeah, good times lie ahead. When? I can't tell you. But hopefully, for all you Doggies fans, it's sooner rather than later. Got to get to a couple of SMSs. You know how Zorb's basically written off the Tigers. Michelle from Dubbo said, Zorb will be wrong. Um, in two years' time, Sheens will be at the Tigers and they'll be in the top eight. Guaranteed. She's confident about that. A lot of Tigers are hoping they'll turn around. Jeff from Jacobs Wells. G'day, boys. What about Billy Birmingham? <laughs> he had all the great commentators covered and was pretty damn funny as well. He absolutely was. Good one, Jacob. Well. Another one here for uh, George Lovejoy. His famous line was mm. rugby league, the greatest game of all. That's true. That's true. Now, this is an interesting one. This is from Tiger Marty. I should read this one out. Morning, boys. Just heard the news of sports bet agencies sending statements. Now, Dino, this is important. <laughs> Can they guarantee they'll all be received by an email as the last thing you want is the wife opening <laughs> the letter <laughs> with the yeah, the cunning kick, Dino. You've got to keep Ooh. the cunning kick secret. <laughs> Some things in life are private, Ray. Exactly. The betting is definitely one. Um, and Paul Ambrosoli, uh, this is from John from Enmore. Paul was a, is a, was a fantastic broadcaster, principally known for his flawless greyhound career. He was also a fantastic rugby league caller, getting his start with 2KA as a young man. Paul Ambrosoli, talk about a great voice and a voice you just automatically knew um, was uh, Greyhound of calling. No name on this one, hey, Bulldog and Ray. Mick Wayman, believe it or not, is the clerk of the course at Maria Racecourse. What's the next line? <laughs> Poor bloody horse. Jeez, our next that is his nickname too, mind you. Is it? Mick Wayman's nickname is Horse. Oh Our next guest might have an opinion on that. John O'Shea's online. John, good morning. Uh, good morning, Ray, and congratulations to you and Bulldog uh, on your 100 episodes. Yeah, how about Together. that, eh? They said we'd never last too, John. Well, lucky uh, for Bulldog, Ray, you implore that wonderful uh, Queensland uh, a theory of uh, picking and sticking and you're stuck with Bulldog. Oh, please. Here we go again. This dreary old line about Queensland. He can say it now. They won the series. So you're entitled to boast because um, Andrew Johns won't be happy for the next 12 months, will he, John? Oh, that was... That was Beautiful scene, Joey. One of the few New South Welshmen to show a bit of passion. Yeah, I agree. The only thing great. is, he didn't have the boots on. John, I loved it, to be truthful yeah. with you. I, I don't know why Joey got bagged for it. I wish some of the players had the same passion. I was the same as you, Bulldog. Uh, I love that. Um, and I love the way that Joey, you know, articulated it. It's just raw passion. And uh, that's what, the, you know, that's what that game was all about anyway. Yeah. What would it take me to do to get you to wear a Blues jersey to the races. Jesus <laughs> well, I'd be written out of the family will. <laughs> well, Dino's got plenty. <laughs> no. Hey, John, where do we find you today? Uh, well, just about my wife and I are just about to go for our Sunday morning uh, walk. We do about 10K around uh, Centennial Park and 
They're about to head out there, and uh, it'll be a relatively easy day because they've called off all the kids' sport, which yeah. is unfortunate. We're mm-hmm. uh, Peyton was supposed to play at Boatsgrove Oval today, which is one of our favourite Sunday morning sojourns, sitting there having a coffee, watching them play league. So, but they've called it off because of the weather, eh? Well, the weather in the last couple of years. Came, well, just wearing a hat of a parent here, John. Um, how have your your kids coped the last couple of years? Because this is their formative years when they learn the innate skills they need as they grow older. Uh, it's been extremely difficult, um, particularly for our, our youngest fella who's 13, 14. You know, he, they live, eat and breathe sport, yeah. and that's been curtailed as a result. And uh, But it's been good for them to get back, you know, a little bit of sport this year. But, you know, for example, he's missed uh, half of his rugby league season and lucky with uh, St. Joseph's where he goes to school, they've got good facilities, so they, they've played a bit of rugby, but... Uh, the league's been a bit wanting, to be fair. Yeah, no, it's tough for a lot of kids and a lot of parents trying to get their kids into sport. It's been tough times. Hey, John, before we let you go, and thanks so much for bringing in, but just a quick update on Lost and Running, who we know potentially is hopefully going to get an Everest slot sooner rather than later, and just where the horse is at at the moment? Well, he's currently at Birabai Beach, uh, Ray, where he does the first six weeks of every preparation. He's probably uh, five weeks into that. Uh, part of his campaign. Mm-hmm. He's in tremendous order and started a little bit of faster work this week. Um, look, hopefully we'll we'll have an announcement there tomorrow so everyone can be put out of their misery. Um, and, you know, then we can go about preparing him for, you know, going to the Everest and and, and uh, looking forward to probably improving his position with a bit of luck, you know, this year. Cowboys, Tigers this afternoon. He'll be home at 4 o'clock. Can now. you smell an upset? Excuse me? <laughs> Can you smell an upset? Well, how's it hasn't an upset if we win? We're favourite Bulldogs. I think the Tigers like, can get them this other. You reckon? No. Oh. Yeah, have you seen the head-to-head? Well, give me a head. Give me some points. Start. It's we'll a have a little wager. five, the Cowboys, and that's overs. Ten dollars, the Tigers. I'll, I'll bet you a schooner, John, but you got to give me some start. <laughs> okay, Bulldogs. And be reasonable here. Okay, you can have eight and a half. Eight and a half? Are you serious? <laughs> They're running last. You can have a dozen. There you go. Oh, I think that's what it's miserable. Today. Miserable. <laughs> you know, if you, if Dino wins, you're lucky. You, you won't get your beer, John. Uh, that's true. You won't get your beer <laughs> you anyway. Won't get your beer. <laughs> you got that Richie Callow to payback uh, theory, have you? <laughs> exactly. Put it on the never never. Exactly. <laughs> hey, John. Thanks for calling in. Um, enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the walk, and good luck to the Cowboys this afternoon. Hey, boys. Uh, congratulations again. Uh, it's a fantastic show, and. Uh, I'm one of the many thousands who listen to you every Sunday and really enjoy your, your commentary on all subjects. Thanks a lot, John. That's Thanks really so nice. much, John. It's Thank you. Really Cheers, appreci- boys. There's John O'Shea. I uh, really appreciate him calling in. And um, we better take a quick break, Dino, on the Big Sports Breakfast weekend. Hunter's Postmortem with Dave Stanley. Racing officials are keeping an eagle eye on what's happening there in the UK and whip reel changes and analysis. David Gately. Visual aids, the aesthetics of the sport, and that's where the whip comes into it. I think it's really important, not for us, but a hardcore, but for the greater good of the sport. Glenn Munsey. The people that have the loudest voice are the people that have the least amount of knowledge about what's going on. Hunter's Postmortem. Winter edition. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. Now this is value. Keen racing fans, you can now purchase a general admission winter season pass for all race days held at Royal Ramwick and Rosehill Gardens from Saturday 28th of May until Saturday 10th of September. The best part, it's only $79. 
This includes entry to key group race day, such as Wink Stakes Day, Chelmsford Stakes Day and Run to the Rose Day. Race away those winter blues and book your winter season pass now at theracers.com.au. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. The Nissan Navara is built tough for the week and the weekend. It's got an impressive 3.5-tonne brake towing capacity and advanced off-road capability. Visit your Nissan dealer today. T's and C's apply. Sky Sports Radio, number one in racing. Heard throughout the state, including Bombala, 90.9 FM. Griffith, 87.6 FM. Threadbow, 106.9 FM. And Lake Cargelico, 87.6 FM. Back behind those horses now as they come down the straight was Vinnie Rowe. And back behind them, here's McCovey Diva. A nation roars for a hero. She's starting to wind up. 300 left to go now. McCovey Diva's racing up. Envoy's trying to go with her. They've got to Portland Singer and Lachlan River. Here comes like a falcon and excellent. But McCovey Diva clear with 100 metres to go. Excellent runs to second. Bonazun runs on, but a champion becomes a legend. McCovey Diva has won it from over Bonazun. Excellent. Like a falcon is close up. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, a few of our listeners have made mention of that iconic call of Greg Miles, the 2005 Melbourne Cup, McCovey Diva's third successive Melbourne Cup win. And Greg Miles' immortal line, a champion becomes a legend. Hey, Dan, I was just talking to John O'Shea, and he was mentioning how tough it is for his kids, and many kids are playing sport. My lovely sister's just texted me. Isaac, that's her son, and his soccer team have missed half their games this season. He is now playing indoor cricket on Wednesday nights for guaranteed sport. 15-year-olds need to play their sports. So true. It's so tough. On We've had COVID and now had all this wet weather. Good physically, but also mentally, Ray. Uh, happy 100th show, boys. This comes in from The Bat. Uh, we have the show on every Sunday morning in our house, and your audience isn't just adults, Ray. My 12-year-old listens every week, has done for a long time. He loves doing the quiz. Well, let's hope he doesn't pick up some bad habits. <laughs> Congratulations to you and the team. Bat, text in his or her name. Yeah, and oh, that's good on him. We will well, for the 12-year-old, he probably does better than us on the quiz on Tip and Dino. So, mm. right now, mm. we've mentioned a lot of great commentators. Mm. But there's one call that stands out to me. We, which sport we're talking about? Rugby League. There's only one. It was 1994, Ray. Mm-hmm. State of Origin 2 at the old Sydney Football Stadium. We heard Ray Rabbit's Warren's call of that great Mark Coyne moment. There's a better in one? In the last hour. There There's one better. just as good. Okay. Oh, very, very diplomatic. Here it is. Fourth tackle. Langer. The ball on the outside of Jason Smith. Shot ball of Darren Smith. Away on the outside. It's come to Tony Carroll. And Carroll's in. Carroll's in. Oh, it's 23 22. With a kick to come. And the kick will come from beside the post now. It's 23 22. New South Wales over Queensland. But Lockie is going to win the game. I said, don't tell me it's Mark Coyne again. It's not Mark Coyne. It's Tony Carroll. Tony 
Carroll. It was Tunza. Yeah. Whatever happened to Tony Carroll? Oh, I'm not sure. But we've got the great man online, I believe. Let's bring him Raymond on. Hadley, <laughs> good morning. Well, what a momentous day for Australian radio. <laughs> oh, thanks, Ray. <laughs> no, One day you'll get to this position. Days. And it's a tribute to the qualities of Ray Thomas that through a series of co-hosts, this show has lasted 100 shows. It's just remarkable. He's immense talent, Thomas, an immense talent. Hey, Ray, plenty of people got theories about this. A whole range of hosts that he can emerge victorious. Did you just play the wrong audio there, or was that the right audio? I think it was the wrong one. (laughs) That sort of sums up our show, Ray, I reckon. (laughs) But I think it may have been the wrong the one. You want me to re- relive the Mark Coyne try? How far you back could you, you go? No, I can't do it, boys. I'm at breakfast with my grandson, Tommy, and my daughter, Sarah. So Just give us the last 10 great. seconds in from Alfie onwards to Mal to Mark Coyne. Come on. Mate, I, I, I'm in a public place. doesn't <laughs> matter, Ray. You're the biggest <laughs> name in radio. Like, he doesn't want to embarrass people. He doesn't want to embarrass his grandkids. He doesn't... He doesn't mind coming on and trying to embarrass me. That's all right. See, if we, see him. Open target. That's one, of the, that's one of the easiest jobs in the world. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Ray? How's your golf? Uh, it's going all right, yeah. What did I read last week? Was it a hole in one or an eagle? Uh, eagle about three weeks ago. Par five? And, uh, yeah, no, I'm down to ten now. I oh, wow. That's good golf. I'm doing my best. That's good golf, yeah. I played with you once. I thought it might not have been your sport. How did, how did he hit him? How, how did he hit the ball? Um, right. Oh, I used to hit it with slice. Now hit it with a draw or straight. So okay. that's the big difference. The only problem is if I get a bunker, get it a bunker, I'll have a wipe because I can't get it a bunker these days. For some Knowing how passionate you are, Ray, does the does the temper levels rise no, no. a little bit <laughs> with, with a good old three putt? Mate, I'm nearly 68. I'm, I'm much calmer than I was when I was 28 and 38. <laughs> hey, oh, really? Well, Ray, just on golf, and I, I often listen to your show, and, and you often get young Australian golfers who are emerging um, who might crack it onto the, the USPGA tour or whatever and you get them on at the start of their careers. Did you ever have a young Cameron Smith on? You just cut out there, Ray. I just missed the last part of it. Oh, yeah. Did you ever have a young Cameron Smith on your show? A gun caddy, did you say? <laughs> a young Cameron Smith. Oh, no. Cameron Smith, I'm sorry. That's right. No, yeah, I've, I've met him a couple of times, but no, I've never interviewed him. But the young bloke would have about three years ago, four years ago, a bloke called Daniel Gale, who's currently yeah. uh, just missed the cut at that uh, 3M Open in Minnesota. And uh, it's a great story. He, he went over there. He's 26. He won a couple of tournaments um, in Australia, or in Papua New Guinea, actually, about four years ago. Then COVID hit. He went over to pre-qualify for the first PGA tournament, pre-qualified with the 63 last Monday, made the tournament, and then unfortunately finished with, a, I think, a four or five over. So he had to be one over to make the cut. But, yeah, we've got a dearth of great young players on the mm. world stage as far as golf's concerned. It's really heartening, if you love golf, to see all these young fellas doing so well, and young women, of course, as well. Ray, our talk topic today has been great sporting moments uh, through commentary. commentary moments, yeah. yeah. And we've had all the great calls. You know, Greg Mulls, uh, Ray Warren, yourself, Richie Benno, Alan McGilvray, it goes on and on and on. What would be, or who would be your greatest? Who, who did you look up to most when you were coming through the ranks? Uh, two people, probably um, in racing, because that's where I started, uh, calling races, uh, Ken Howard and Bert Bryant, mm. just in front of Vince Curry out of Brisbane. And then when I got to work with the great Des Hoisted back in the early 80s, him, and then when I got to know John Tapp and, of course, the legendary Ray Warren, I mean, Ray's, 
gets all the accolades for being a great uh, sports caller, rugby league caller and a swimming caller, but he was perhaps one of the best race callers the country produces well, and he, he chose to go in another direction, um, or another direction chose him, and it was rugby league. But, um, I, you know, I think people like that inspired me, and, um, you know, the great Olympic calls of days gone by, by Nugget May in the swimming pool, and I've been fortunate enough to beat a seven Olympics and do both swimming and track and field. I think the best moment I had was in the year 2000 on a September night when Cathy Freeman won mm. uh, the 400. Um, and then the night before, or maybe two nights before, I did the, the men's 4 by 100 relay where Ian Thorpe was able to beat Gary Hall Jr. in that final leg, uh, the Smashing Guitars final. So, yeah, yeah I, I think the inspiration comes from people like that. I, I, more recently, I guess... Um, you know, Ray Warren. Um, I was also very fortunate to, to work with a bloke called Frank Hyde, who gave me some advice in the early part of my uh, broadcasting career in 1987 when he said, Son, you sound too much like a race caller. I said, That's because I am a race caller. So, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so I've had to change styles over the years, and uh, I suppose I don't sound like a race caller anymore. Not that I was a great race caller, I was a competent race caller, but. I think race calling is the, the, the most difficult art of broadcasting that you could ever encounter. I, I remember uh, someone said to me um, when I was tossing up whether to call rugby league in 87 when I got the offer in early 87, um, uh, well, mate, it's a bit easier calling 26 players for 80 minutes than 26 horses for a minute and a half. <laughs> and uh, they're right about that. I mean, I have great respect um, for Matt Hill. I worked with him at two Olympics. Uh, he's perhaps the most... Well, he's the best of the young callers. He, um, we used to do uh, in uh, London the track and field together, and I'd do the sprints, the 100, the 200, the 400, the 800, and he'd do the 3,000 steeplechase, the 5,000, the 10,000 that Mo Farrell won. And you'd have uh, you know, three Kenyans and three from um, various other places that looked all the same and, and he'd somehow distinguish one had a gold chain and one had you know yellow boots and one had green boots and I, I sat there in, in absolute amazement as he went through the field, you know, you know 15 strong and never missed a beat as they went down the back straight on the final occasion. He, he's, uh, mm. he, you know, he's got a rare talent, Matt Hill and Josh um, is a wonderful caller as is, uh, of course, Darren in Sydney but um, I think he'll uh, when when we measure him against the, his peers and the people before him, I think he'll be uh, he'll be tested to be perhaps the best young broadcaster that Australia's produced, Matthew, because he can do a whole range of things, not just racing, of course. He can, as can you, Ray. What what's your favourite sport? Is it rugby league? Favourite moment? Right? Or, or favourite sport, Ray? Favourite sport? Is it rugby oh, league? Yeah, rugby league. You know, I got to call rugby union in the early part of you know, my career, and that was like watching paint dry. Um, <laughs> Uh, but the league's provided me with the best moments. The, the clip that you were referring to earlier was the Mark Coyne try, and um, that's that's the greatest rugby league moment that I can remember. All that first and provided plenty more in grand finals mm. and state of origin, and you know then more recently people like Cameron Munster and young Nathan Cleary provide great moments. But rugby league's probably my favourite because I've done more. I mean, I have called it for the last you know thirty five years and. I actually did a game last night. Young Chris Warren was caught uh, with the virus, and so I got, you know, summoned off the bench, and I went to the Melbourne last night. I tell you what, it is hard when you don't do much of it. I do Origin and Grand Finals these days. When you're confronted with uh, Kemba Kamisa <laughs> at pace, it's not easy. <laughs> hey Ray, it was a lot easier with the Smith, James, Brown, and 
Yeah. Ray. Yes. How did this segment become about you? This is about us. You can't say that. He rang in. What? This is about us, not about you. How did this segment become about you? Let me say this to you. And I said this to you through the week when you begged me to come on this time. Here we go. I didn't beg you. You said you'd come on. Oh, I didn't hear this story. Let me tell you, listeners, this, okay? I got through 100 shows about 30 years ago. All right? So. Been around a bit. Congratulations, Ray. When you, thanks very much for that. When you get to 2,000 shows and 2,800 games of rugby league and seven Olympics, we can all sit around the Sky Racing studio and congratulate you. But I'd say the fact that you got the 100 Bulldog, and I exclude Ray from this because I like Ray, uh, is a, of course. It's an absolute miracle. An absolute miracle. Well, listen. Particularly as you have that other imbecile Rothfeld on a regular basis. That makes it an even bigger miracle. <laughs> well, if you want a couple of tips about radio off air, just give me a call, Ray. No, look, I really appreciate All right. it. All right. If I struggle for my 130, 43rd consecutive victory next survey, I'll certainly be in contact with you. It's all about you, Ray. You can't say that. It's never, never any different, Bulldog. You know the rules. Hey, Ray. Hey, thanks for coming on, mate. Yeah, appreciate the call. Oh, and um, Thank th- you. Thanks for taking the time out, Ray, and decide to impinge on your Sunday morning, and uh, we'll be listening during the week. Well, the scramble eggs are cold. I hope you're happy about that. I'll see you later. <laughs> see you, mate. Bye. There's Ray Hadley. That's nice for him to call. So you begged him to come on the show, did you, Dino? I didn't beg him to come on the show. No, I didn't. <laughs> now, the bats text back, Ray, just to let us know. Hey, boys, thanks for reading out my message. My son, of course, this is a 12-year-old yeah, yeah. we were referring to a few moments ago. My son's name is Bo. So, Bo, thank you for listening, young man. Good on you, Bo. You're a little yeah. champion. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and we do urge people to let us know where they um, where they, they live, where they come from. Um, it's great to know where you, you know, our geographic, which does seem to spread far and wide, particularly in rural areas. We've got um, Brett Devine on the line. Brett, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning to Bulldog. Hey, Bretto. A couple of old mates and colleagues. How yeah. are you, mate? You good? We're fantastic. We're what do we owe the pleasure, Brett? Oh, look, I really just wanted to ring up and, uh, like, uh, just off the great Ray Hadley, congratulate Ray Thomas for carrying Bulldogs oh, for 100 shows. Uh, it's lovely to hear from you, Brett. Marvellous, a marvellous milestone that you've uh, reached, Ray. So, look, no. on behalf of everyone and the listeners... But I've reinvigorated Ray's career. That's oh, actually true. That's actually true. There you go. I think about the only thing you've got in common is your, the colour of your hair. That's about <laughs> it, I'd say, Bulldog, but not like looking in the mirror. No, well done, guys. Uh, it's always great listening on a, on a Sunday morning... Uh, Around all sports, and of course, we love our racing at the Australian Turf Club. It's our passion, it's our life. And look, I wanted to say, uh, Bulldog um, Mark Van Gestel, the chairman of Stewards of Racing New South Wales, had a pretty light day yesterday. He gives himself an early mark. He's got a bit of time in his hands, and perhaps we need him to look into this quiz, this rorting of the quiz. Ah, very go. good point. Well, yeah. I, the book's open as far as I'm concerned, Brett. I've done nothing wrong. <laughs> well, I, think I think it's the uh, silent assassin that sits to my left. <laughs> With the howdy doody looks. He'll hunt it straight down Mark Van Gessler. He's got plenty of time and he stands after yesterday. Okay. Well, we should get him online next week. I think you should. Good good call, Brett. Let's sort this out once and for all. You might get him online after the next ad break, if you want. Okay. Get him online. Let's do it. Bring it on, I say, Brett. (laughs) Geez, Brett, you might have opened up a Pandora's box here. We might not get to 101 shows. I know, I know the number of villains that Bulldogs hung around over the years at the Telegraph office. So he's obviously been taught. I've learned from the best, Brett, including yourself. <laughs> Long time ago. It was. Hey, good on you, Brett. Appreciate you calling in, mate. It was a quiet day yesterday, but we'll be back on deck next Saturday at Rose Hill. Yeah, back at Rose Hill Gardens next week. So we'll look forward to that, Ray. Good luck to all the punters today, and well done to you guys. Thanks, good heaps, Brett. That, good man. Very nice, you, Brett. There's Brett Devine, ATC's media manager, our former. Editor at the Telegraph. He's gone to bigger and better things, Dino. Absolutely. Good man, Brett Devine, and a great operator. We'd better take a quick break on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend.
Trainer Sue Grills recalls her first win as a jockey. It was 1979 at Inverell. The horse called Majoriel that my grandfather trained. It was over 1,800 metres. I had jelly legs by the finish. A lot of jockeys, not that I had that many rides, but as they would say, there's no better feeling than knowing you're going to win the race. You know, your horse is travelling and just a matter of getting in the straight and, uh, you know, letting them down. Monday's expert. Monday's expert. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Always thought owning a racehorse was too expensive? It doesn't have to be. Patriot Bloodstock offers racehorse shares for Sydneycation at an affordable entry-level price point with fixed-price training fees. Our horses are country trained, and whether your horse wins at Wagga or Ramwick, the thrill is the same. We've had great success sourcing quality horses that won't send you broke, and we love first-time owners. Check out what's available at www.patriotbloodstock.com.au. Patriot Bloodstock, an authorised representative of Stable Connect. AF licence number 33696. Experience the thrill of racing on Tab Everest Day at Royal Randwick. The Kosciuszko, the world's richest country race, is back and gives you the chance to win a share in $1.3 million in prize money. To enter, buy a $5 Kosciuszko ticket at your local or on the Tab app. The Kosciuszko, tickets on sale now. Entry open in New South Wales residents only. Visit thecosiosco.com.au for details. Racing New South Wales authorised under New South Wales permit number GOCSC 1051. Gamble responsibly. Call Gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Lano, how did French door fridges get their name? Je ne sais pas. What does that mean? I don't know. In French. Don't show off. Mum, right now we're showing off our French door fridges at Bingley. That's why I asked. And we've got a bonus Bingley gift card up to $300 on selected ones. They are so convenient. Because they open like French doors in a house. Ah, that's the answer. What answer? Get a bonus Bingley gift card on selected French door fridges. Bingley, better living every day. On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. For the first time in seven years, Melbourne has lost four NRL games in a row. Manly, Cronulla, Canberra and now Souths. The Rabbitohs way too good for the Storm last night, winning 24-12. A tough, gritty win for Penrith over Cronulla, 20 points to 10. The win coming despite some very strong defence from the Sharks. The Panthers currently 10 points clear on the ladder. And in the early game, the Warriors led Canberra 14-0 at half time, but the Raiders came back to score 26-0 in the second half to win 26-14. Today, Canterbury versus the Gold Coast at 2. North Queensland play the West Tigers at 4.05. A good win for Sydney over Adelaide in AFL yesterday, 118-85. The Swans scored an incredible 57 points in the first quarter. Hawthorne, 46-point winners over North Melbourne. In a seesawing match, Geelong 106 beat Port Adelaide 94. It's the Cats' ninth straight win. Brisbane 110 over the Gold Coast 93. And the grand final rematch between Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs saw the Bulldogs reverse last year's result, beating the Demons 110 to 100. The Randwick meeting yesterday lasted all but one race when a heavy downpour during the opener prompted stewards to abandon the meeting because of safety concerns. True Crime, trained by Kim Waugh and ridden by Tommy Berry, won the first and only race at the meeting. Meantime, overnight, an upset in the King George Stakes at Ascot in the UK when outsider Pile Driver won the race by two and three-quarter lengths. Australia's final match in the women's T20 cricket tri-series against Pakistan in Ireland overnight was washed out. They will now travel to Birmingham for the Com Games where they'll be the favourites to become the inaugural women's cricket champions. 
Hannah Green is the best-placed Aussie after the third round of the LPGA Major, the Evian Championships in France. Hannah is way down the leaderboard, however, 13 off the leader. Canada's Brooke Henderson, who was at minus 17. Last year's champ, Minji Lee, is at one under. Glamorgan's Sam Northeast recorded 410 not out in his side's 5 for 795 in a county cricket match against Leicestershire. It is the 11th individual score of 400 plus in the history of first class cricket and the highest score of this century. Still in the UK and in a women's football Euro quarter final overnight, France defeated the Netherlands 1 0, so will play Germany in the semi, England versus Sweden in the other. Ferrari Charles Leclerc has pole for the French Formula One Grand Prix ahead of Max Verstappen in second and Carlos Sainz will start from the third. Lewis Hamilton will start from the fourth fourth spot on the grid and has acknowledged that he and Mercedes were surprised to be so far off the pace and are at a loss to explain why. Dan Ricciardo will start from ninth. Jonas Vinegard is set to win the 2022 Tour de France after finishing second in the time trial on the penultimate day. Wout van Aert won the stage. 25-year-old Vinegard now has an overall advantage of 3 minutes and 34 seconds. And Aussie Peter Boll lines up in this morning's final of the 800 metres of the World Athletics Championships in Oregon. It's around 10 past 11 our time. Overnight, Brooke Buskul jumped 6 metres 76 to qualify for the final of the women's long jump. So we were able to see a lot of the World Athletics Championships this week. Dino Ray had a couple of days off and we noticed that some of the old records are looking in a bit of trouble. 25-year-old American Noah Niles absolutely blitzed the field in the final of the 200 metres. He won in a time of 19.31, which is not far off Usain Bolt's record of 19.19. Now in the women's 200 final, Jamaican Sharika Jackson won the gold with 21.45 and she's very close to Florence Griffith Joyner's Mm. record of 21.34 which was set way back in 1988 at the Olympic Games. So we'll get to see these Jamaican women sprinters again at the Com Games. They're just they incredible, aren't they? They might do it there. As you mentioned earlier, Kelsey Lee Barber became the first woman in history to defend a Javelin world title. And she joins Cathy Freeman as only two Australians to defend a world title. Cathy won consecutive 400s. So Kelsey Lee's victory makes it three medals for Australia after Eleanor Patterson won gold in the high jump and Nina Kennedy a bronze in the pole vault. Our best ever result at a world championships is two gold and two bronze so mm. we might be so able Peter to Bowles, yeah to so better say that. 11 10 wasn't it 10 about 11 10? about 10 past 11 yeah. Meters, yeah just quickly one of the things that we'd noticed during the week um podium finishers at the world championships were being awarded their medals straight after the event which i've never ever mm. ever seen before so they literally crossed the line and the medal that they won that they were given straight away why is that? Why, why well um, then there was a medal ceremony later. They had a medal ceremony later on. So the, the the executive director of the event, Niles DeVos, he remembered watching an athlete win a medal in the or the gold medal in the 2016 Rio Games and received his medal the next day in a nearly empty stadium. So he thought from an athlete's perspective, it's like, you know, my friends and family are here today. They haven't got a ticket for tomorrow if the wedding, if the wedding, if the medal ceremony is tomorrow. I don't want to come back tomorrow for my medal and not have my family here. So they are given medals. That's not the medal that they will eventually keep. That's just like a token medal. It's it's called a... um, like a uh, yeah, like a token well, medal. That, that actually makes sense. Couldn't they go get their pictures taken and everything like that? They can show a gold. Yeah, or a and and the athletes um, absolutely loved it. Mm. Um, there was a, a British sprinter, uh, Laura Muir. She said that 
it's surreal because one minute you just cross the line and the next minute you have the medal around your neck. And it takes a lot of planning, um, as you can imagine, because when you look at the 100 metres, Fred Curley, for example, who who won the 100, like he, you, and most of the time with the 100s, they're so flamboyant. Mm. They're taking off around the track. They're stripping <laughs> their gear off, you know, whatever. So it's it's hard. So and the the little Gotta girl, get the timing yeah, it was like a, not a little girl. I should say this young woman who was presenting him with his had to chase him down the track, <laughs> and she was so tiny, he was so tall, she had to put it over his neck. It's not going to so fast as me on earth, is she? No, no, that's right. <laughs> but what it does do, it, it yeah, it gives when they go on their victory lap they've got mm. a medal to show and in example at the 100 men's 100 there were three americans went first second and third so if you've just come in from the room and they're all standing there with their flags behind the, their back you don't know who's won second yeah. or third so you can you can see that so Makes sense now. it does yeah. so they will get the medal um engraved later on at the medal ceremony so yeah. it's just something new it's that they're idea. trying i, I hope idea. i hope it catches on because the athletes love it and it really adds to, you know, the, mm. the cer- you know, ceremonial time of it. And um, Jeff Whiteman, who is the course commentator, he's commentated on course for four World Athletics Championships and at the 2012 London Olympics, got to enjoy something that very few people will. And that was that he got to call his own son's World Championship mm. winning race. So just like Jess Fox's father, who got yeah. to call Jess win the gold in Tokyo in the kayak, um, that was on TV. So his son, Jake, totally unexpected to win the 1500 metres, defeated the overwhelming favourite Norway's Jacob Ing Brixton. Yeah. Um, he was so shocked. The look on his face said it all. And it was no... The, the Norwegian uh, or the winner? No, both the of them. Man, the yeah, Norwegian but, was shocked because he, he lost. He lost yeah. But um, Jake Whiteman was, couldn't believe it. And the look on his face, it was no Daryl Summers pretend shock <laughs> when he won the yeah. Logie. Remember that? Oh. <laughs> he was genuinely shocked. And his father was on, was on yeah. the course, you know, and commentating so it. Yeah. And he also got to announce him at the medal ceremony. How yeah. lovely is that? So winner of the gold medal, 1500 metres, representing Great Britain. Did he choke Jake up? Jake Whiteman. You'd think, like to think well, you would Well, I know you'd be in a flood of tears. <laughs> <wouldn't you? laughs> but then after that, straight after the race, um, poor old Jeff, he had to, you know, gain his composure because he had to move quickly onto the last round of the men's discus. That's right. <laughs> so straight what on. A, what a come it, it down. How good has it been? It's been fantastic. Have I've I got, enjoyed have it Have I so gone much. overboard about my man, Tim Hutchins? No, no. Well, there might be a little bit of a man crush there, well, Dino. What do you think? Yeah. No, he does be. mention him in conversation pretty much every day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he'll be in Birmingham. He may be. You he never know. Be. You never know. So, yeah, Commonwealth Games opening ceremony next Friday night. Thanks so much, Tan. Tan Thanks, Tan. I reckon this sums up our show to a T. I've got to find it again. Tan, you'll love this. This is from um, Stu from Dudley. He says, it took 100 shows for you boys to get your most anticlimactic moment. Jim in the quiz. He was asked, the answer is between 1 and 100. Jim replies, 104. <laughs> Loved the stunned silence from you both afterwards. Gold broadcasting. <laughs> Stu, well done, you thunder. <laughs> Stu, I've got to admit, it was one of those moments you think, what do we do did now? I just hear that? <laughs> Between 1 and 100. 104. What do we do now? <laughs> go to a break. Uh, no, no. We can't. We we can't go to a break. You've got an ad you have I've to read. I've got an ad to read. Important ad. I love it still every week. And you still haven't managed to organise a... Uh, some portions of said product for us to enjoy. No, I have organised it. I just haven't brought them in. Oh. Anyway, this <laughs> deliciously <laughs> flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin, and a filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Yes, I'm talking about Garlow's Pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlow's Pies are simply bursting flavour 
and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. Here's a thought. Take a night off from cooking and grab a Galo's family pie for the whole crew. They are available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. And remember, we are located in the chilled meal section. If you can't find us, ask for Galo's pies by name. Galo's pies, they're thin on pastry, they're big on meat. Yeah, well, our next guest, he spent a long time in that chair that you're currently sitting, also waiting for a Galo's pie. I don't think you ever got one either. Neil Breen's on the line. Breeny, good morning. Mate, how many Galo's pies has Bulldog had in his career? <laughs> no, honestly. Here we go. Not that many. A thousand. <laughs> have you seen me on profile lately? <laughs> how are you, boys? Now, Breeny, I've got to ask you a question. Yeah. Did you get out before Ray knifed you? Oh, jeez. Get out of what? Out of this chair. I thought you were talking about Ray Hadley. No, before Ray <laughs> Thomas knifed you. Because there is a history there. Ray's oh. career before. <laughs> There's a history of being knifed if you sit in this no, seat. That's never oh, happened. No. It's never happened. No, this is what happened. If you want to hear what happened. I do. Um, yeah, no, during COVID, um, at the time, Channel 9 had taken over um, Macquarie Radio Network, you know, 2GB, 4BC, and then Alan Jones retired and they asked me to come and do this job in Brisbane and at the time I was really worried about you know the media and what was going to happen to all of us so I took the job in Brisbane I'm still here yeah you enjoying it Bruni you love being back home oh yeah it's been really great Bulldog absolutely fantastic to to come home to Brisbane and and do the radio show and be told what to do by Ray Hadley every day (laughs) we just had him on the show it was supposed to come on about us, but it ended up being about Ray. I know. It was. I, I know. I, I have a few of those conversations. Actually, to be honest with you, hey, um, hey Brainy, is Lizzie and their kids up there in Brisbane with you now? Well, no. Look, the borders were shut for ten of my yeah. first eighteen months here, and my daughter Juliet's doing year twelve, so we left them there yeah. because I, I couldn't disrupt them that much. So I've been coming up and down, mm. but the only reason, like, like, it's been quite easy to do, notwithstanding COVID. But, boys, I've got COVID for oh, the first time. Are you crook? Um, I was crook on Wednesday night and Thursday, but then since then I've been okay. I'm just in um, my place in Brisbane. Yeah. I've just watched that much rugby league and that much <laughs> horse racing and that much World <laughs> Athletics Championships. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, it gets like that. Hey, Brenny, I had COVID. All I had was a, a scratchy voice for 24 hours, and we did the show, um, albeit opposite sides of the house, um, earlier this year, I was in one corner of the house and Tanya in another, but um, it, it, I've been lucky it didn't really affect me. I know there's a lot of people listening who've oh, had it tough, and so we, we're not, not making light of it, and um, I'm glad you're not crook. Hey, Breeny, I, I enjoyed the time that we worked together. We worked together in newspapers many years as well, obviously, as you have with, yeah, with Dino. Yeah, with the dog. Yeah. Um, mate, Dino keeps talking about all these people who have left. I keep saying to him, and it's true, They've gone on to greener pastures, as Neil yeah. Green has. He certainly has. It's a stepping although, stone, Dino. Although I'm not too sure, Bulldog. I think he's reached the ceiling. <laughs> this is it, Breeny. This is it. This is it. <laughs> I'm living the dream. Listen to a story about Bulldog. Bulldog's famous in my household because when my daughters were younger, I used to take them to the footy all the time, and I always had to take them to the press box. And in the press box... They wanted to say hello to everyone, but mainly because there was always a bag of snakes or two. Mm. And so they'd go in to get the snakes. And then at halftime in one of the games, they said, oh, can we go back and get another snake? And we went in and all the snakes were gone. And someone said, who ate them? And they said, Bulldog. (laughs) So whenever Bulldog's name comes up in our house, 
my daughters go. He ate all the snakes. <laughs> well, as the late great Colin Hayes said to me once, you've got to be famous for something. Exactly. <laughs> Not to mention, I was trying to file that day, and Brady's kids running around, <laughs> tackling each other on the floor and screaming. Hey, looking looking for the snakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Brainy, this show's primarily about sport, as we know, but sometimes yeah. it goes completely off the rails. And Peter from Central Coast, I reckon he might have summed this up, Brainy, and you can understand this. The popularity of your show was evident when the link to the naked news crashed after Tanya declared she'd watched it too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this show's off the rails. It is complete. It's off, I'm su- it's off the rails. We mightn't get to 101. Hey, hey, Bruni, so seriously, mate, Um, uh, I know you've had a time slot change to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You, might, you must feel like a normal man again now. Oh, it's really weird going from breakfast radio yeah. to afternoon radio your whole life. You got, I got quite used to doing the early mornings, getting up at 3 o'clock and getting to work at 3.30. Then you've got to flip it on its head. And it was a completely different thing for me and, yeah. and I'm still not used to it. I've, I've been doing it for a couple of weeks. It's, it's oh, like I, t- I found it very difficult to adjust to mm. be honest with you. You know, the, like I love getting up and firing off first thing in the morning. Next thing you know, I was playing golf at Brisbane Golf Club. Yeah. But now you've got, you got to sort of chime into the news cycle halfway through the a day. A bit later. Yeah. But anyway, hey look, Brenny, I really appreciate you calling in. Um, you've no, been well a- done Bulldog, mate. Lasting 100 shows. That's good. I think, see, see, Ray, he used to knife people when he was younger, but he's getting what? older and mellow. Yeah, maybe. Just maybe. To let like be. What about the old butter wouldn't melt and raise mouth Jeez, theory? I've copped it today. <laughs> hey, Bruni, you'll love this. This is from Simon from Hunter Valley. Bruni is awesome, Ray. Get him on more often. There you go. Seven. Your fans are following you, mate. Anytime. Like, I can give you a, a history lesson of my career like Ray did earlier. <laughs> well, it'll take about an hour and a half. Well, well, it all started back when I got a cadetship at the day. When I was seven, <laughs> Mum told me to look left and right before crossing the road. <laughs> hey, Brenny, fantastic, mate. Hey, good luck with that new time slot. Your show was going great in the morning, so I'm sure it'll be fantastic in the afternoon time slot. And um, I've got fond memories of the couple of years that you were sitting in uh, Bulldog's chair and hope to catch up with you soon, Brenny. Yeah, mate, we'll see you up here, Ray. See you, Bulldog. See you at the footy, bro. Thanks heaps, Bruni. Snakes don't eat all the snakes. <laughs> see you, pal. <laughs> there was Neil Breen, our former Sunday Telegraph editor and one of the most um, talented people you'd ever meet, Dino. He, he's got an incredible knowledge of everything, a bit like Ray Hadley in terms of he can go from politics to a sport to anything and be up to speed and, and talk about it and talk about it with some authority. He, he's quite brilliant at his craft. A couple of SMSs there, Dino? Yeah, I enjoyed this one, Ray. Let me just scroll back and find it because there's that many coming through. Uh, Bill Laurie's call of Steve Ward's SCG Century. Mm. Bill Laurie's call of Michael Bevan's last ball one day win. And Bill Laurie's call of the 1999 World Cup semi final. Yeah. And Johnny Tapp's call of Octagonal's AJC Derby. That's from Stephen from out there at Lamia. Three great Bill Laurie calls. And Johnny Tapp's call of Octagonal's 1996 Derby. Outstanding. Andrew's on the line. Andrew, good morning. G'day, guys. How you doing? I love your show. Every Sunday morning. Well, most Sundays anyway. What what part of of Australia are you from, Andrew? Um, I'm from I'm from Cherrybrook, New Oh, okay, yeah, all right. So you great part of the world, yeah. Okay, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, mate, I just want to say one of the uh, one of the highlights was um, Ray Hadley's um, uh, when he called that Jane Savile disqualification, the, the walk. Oh, uh, yeah, 
Remember the 2000 Olympics? Yeah. It was heartbreaking, wasn't it, I mean, Andrew? It, it wasn't a win. Jeez, I mean, just the emotion. And it was just yeah. unbelievable. Well, she was coming into the stadium, yeah, she remember, was. wasn't For she? listeners who may not remember, she was actually about to come into the stadium to win the gold medal, mm. wasn't she, Andrew? And yes, got absolutely. got that bloody red disc. So, yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. No, great call. And you're right. Uh, Ray Happy was calling that, and it was a yeah. phenomenal piece of um, sports broadcasting. Then I've got plenty more SMSs there. I love this one. Oh, you just scrolled up too far then for me. Sorry, Pat. I'll, I'll find it too, in a second. Um, Another one here. Michael yeah. uh, texts in, Ray. Uh, Dennis Committee. De- uh, wow. Dennis Committee. What a committee. Yeah, yeah, what a commentator Dennis Committee was. He used to do the cricket many years ago on the ABC, didn't he? And then he went into yeah. Then he went into the uh, AFL. AFL It was yeah. I'm sure you'll find he did cricket years ago. Okay, his famous line AFL was the pass was quote centimetre perfect, and it sort of it caught on pretty quick. Glenn from Hobart, there you go. Listen down, Hobart. Good morning, Glenn. Ray and Bulldog, congratulations on your 100th show. Coin toss 100 times. Mm. Perhaps a New South Wales stipendiary steward should be present in the studio to witness this controversial segment every well, Sunday. I'm happy to come clean, right? I've got nothing to hide. I, I think that's starting to get a bit of um, momentum. With even Brett Devine has has suggested um, that could be the case. Um, Coles texts in too, right? Congrats on 100 shows, boys. What about Daryl Eastlake calling weightlifting? Remember that Big Daryl, he nearly popped. Well, he was Origin, then he became almost synonymous with weightlifting as well, didn't he? He was so. a great Origin caller. You know what? Daryl was around at, at the formation of Origin, Ray, in those early, year, uh, early years, and he became just as big as the Origin concept himself, and that Billy Birmingham took him off, and he became this legendary commentator, which, which sort of, I guess, rolled along with the Origin beast that was growing every year. Yeah, there you go. He, he was fantastic. Uh, a couple of SMSs. Steve Noyce's SMS. Thank you so much, Steve. Laurie Macri also, which, which was, which was um, very nice of him to do so. Then I'm heading up to, to Newcastle this afternoon because my uh, my sister's got um, like a Christmas in July function um, nice. that she's got me going to as a charity function at a pub with a publican Tony listens to our show every Sunday and he's a punter. So good on you, Tony. We'll come and say good day. Tony Ray will probably hit you up for a free feed. No, I won't be doing that. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll tell him to, if he's going to back Prince Nakoni, just don't put the well, whole house jump. Uh, Prince Nakoni is on. You read an SMS and I'll tell you. There's one here I want to get through, Ray, from yeah. Tom, about Alex Johnson. First player to score 20 tries or more in a season five times. Extraordinary. 21 in 15, 22 in 17. 23 in 2020, 30 in 21, and 20 so far in 2022. I just can't help but think this man will finally topple the great Ken Irvine's record, which has stood for so many years of 212 first-grade tries. The great Glenn Munsey, who is a massive South Sydney supporter, did send me a text. Now, that was Alex Johnson's 42nd time he scored at least two tries in a match. Now, ahead of him is... Harold Horder on 44 time, forty-four games. Billy Slater achieved that feat 58 games. The great Kenny Irvine did it in 50 games. That's the record. So Alex Johnson, I think Dino is 27. So you would have to say, given his freakish sc- try scoring ability, he could break both of Kenny Irvine's records there. Oh, no doubt, right. 27. He could play at least 33, 34, another six, seven years at, <coughs> excuse me, 20 tries a season. Mm. He's going to romp it in if he stays fit, of course. But, uh, yeah, certainly a, a, an underrated player. As, as good as he is, he's never sort of discussed when it comes to origin, Ray. I know, it's funny. And it's a, it's <coughs> a weird one because I think he should be in the conversation every year. And just think, was it t- last year or the year before, South were 
going to get rid of him. And he just said he just wanted to play at CR City. It's the team he grew up following, and he almost got um, yeah told he wasn't going to be re-signed. Now Hunter Tiger Ray, this is an interesting one. How are you guys going? One way to stop Bulldog using inflections to cheat. Why don't you guys read out each other's question? Ray player is Bulldogs. He asks the questions and vice versa. Is anyone problem with that, Hunter? Mm. I can't cheat by doing that. <laughs> Howdy, boys, and Tanya. Congrats on your 100th show. It's the best start to a Sunday guy I can get. I love the banner, the opinions of all listeners. Just a great show. Ray being a Liverpool and Penrith supporter like myself. Life's been great the last couple of years. Well done. Happy 100th with more to come. Cheers, Michael. Good on you, Michael. Rory, now this sounds like a guy I could have a beer with. Morning, lads. This is perfect. Your show till 10 a.m., then Sports Sunday till 11 a.m., then an NRL Sunday footy show till 1 p.m., then live NRL and AFL footy till 6 p.m. Paradise. <laughs> Regards, Rory. I'm tipping Rory's partner wife is very, very... Single? <laughs> yeah. Or accommodating. Or, or accommodating, or Rory is single. Yeah. Well, you've got to marry someone like, like my wife who actually enjoys the footy. Is that right, Tim? Yeah. yeah so. Would you cop Ray having eight hours of sport every Sunday? That's a normal Sunday. Hey, Tino, coming up on Racing HQ with Simon Harrison, China Marston will preview today's meeting at the Sapphire Coast. Go to the Prince. On Radio Tab, it's race day previews with Tony Clements. The Big Sports Breakfast is back tomorrow morning at 5.30 with Jared Middleton, Laurie Daly, Michael Clark and Jamie Rogers. If you'd like to revisit any of today's show or interviews, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. Once again, to all our listeners, Thank you so much over the last 100 shows and over the last 10 years I've been here. Really enjoyed it. Um, hope there's another 10 years to come. I hope you stick around for a lot longer, Dino. Thank you too, Ray. I mean that sincerely. It, it, we have a GF, but you've been wonderful to me and I really appreciate it. It's great fun. And bottom line is, I hope our listeners enjoy it. And as we always say, enjoy your Sunday. And enjoy your sport.